The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hi. Uh, coincidentally, that's me. <laughs> How about that? I am uh, Pat Gray. Triple eight. 933-93 to get in touch with me today. Uh, wow, is there a lot to talk about? Of course, the big Emmy broadcast was an all anti-Trump all the time thing, which everybody knew it was going to be. I mean, these Hollywood celebrities are psychotic, and uh, they just can't—they can't help themselves. I, I don't know. Have they realized that half the country is going to dislike what they're doing? Half the country is going to dislike them. Apparently, their agenda is more important to them than their future earnings i don't know maybe admire that i personally think it's stupid uh and they're ridiculous for doing it also the the uh administration over the weekend this is really confusing uh we've talked about on this show and of course on glenn's radio show and on pat and Stu in the past we talked about the fact that we you know obviously weren't huge trump fans during the campaign decided to okay we're gonna give him a chance he's our president now let's see how he does Loved the Gorsuch pick. And I loved the the fact that he got us out of the Paris climate change agreement, which was madness. Well, over the weekend, it looked like they're willing to renegotiate and get back into the Paris Accord. Uh, the Trump administration is considering staying in the Paris Agreement to fight climate change quote, under the right conditions, unquote, offering to re-engage in the international deal three months after President Trump said the U.S. would pull out. Now, that's according to the Europe, uh, European climate officials. Then, the White House said in a statement, because all hell broke loose and, and conservatives and people who don't like this climate agreement, what are you, wait, what? The White House said in the statement after that, there's been no change in the United States position on the Paris Agreement. As the president has made abundantly clear, <clears throat> the United States is withdrawing. But here's the here's the kicker: unless we can re-enter on terms that are more favorable to our country, so they're willing to get back into this agreement. Just say no. So then, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson said on CBS News Face the Nation. If you recall, the president also said, look, we're willing to work with partners in the Paris Climate Accord if we can construct a set of terms that we believe is fair and balanced for the American people and recognizes our economy, our, our uh, economy, our interests relative to others. Okay, so basically, yeah, we're willing to. Uh, they always deny and then there's a little thing at the end. Well, not really. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll get in, back into it. We don't know. Then McMaster, H.R. McMaster, no relation to H.R. Puff and stuff, as, as far as I know. You sure? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not positive. We'll check on We'll that. check. Uh, we're going to do one of those swabs on his mouth and send it into that company that tells you your DNA. Oh, that's cool. That's a, that's a false report, said H.R. McMaster. About the published reports over the weekend that the administration might not pull out of the deal after all and might seek new terms instead, 
Uh, that's what McMaster said uh, on Fox News. It's a false report. It's a false report coming from the administration. So what does that all mean? I don't know. <clears throat> Who knows what this president and this administration? It's always both sides of this of the aisle, and and usually it's because the president has just thrown something out. Yeah, that I, we're going to get back into that. And then people go crazy, and he's like, somebody goes to him and says, "Mr. President, people are going crazy." All right, tell them we're back in it, and then they're back in it. And then the other side goes crazy again. And he's like, yeah, tell him we're out. In fact, just tell him both things yeah. and we'll leave it at that. And then we'll let him wonder. Do you think maybe Democrats are feeling emboldened by the success that they oh, supposedly course. had with the DACA stuff of and the budget agreement? And now they're like, yes. yeah, let's just go for the climate change. And that's why, too. to me, we have no chance on the tax reform. We've got almost no chance on, um, on uh, getting rid of Obamacare. We got no chance on that because he's already given in to Democrats. He set that precedent and so now they're going to expect it. And if they don't get it, they're going to say, well, you were, you were willing to reach across the aisle last time on the, on the debt deal, raising the debt ceiling. Why can't you do it now? And he'll say, oh, I can, uh, because you went nuts. And then the Republicans go nuts. And he said, no, I'm not, do- I'm not doing that. And then they'll release another statement that, that has both sides of the issue. <laughs> it's just, this is amazing. It's amazing. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, um, but you know, so many of us are just at, we don't care. So many Americans are kind of at the point where they're just so tired of it all they can't deal with it. Eh, just wake me up when things are fixed, will you, please? Oh, you gonna be asleep for in, a long time. In the brother. meantime, I'm watching the Kardashians. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm gonna watch the Emmy broadcast. I mean, it's to the point where a recent poll was conducted by uh, Penn, University of Pennsylvania, which is an Ivy, Ivy League school. You'd think this is a fairly quality survey. It finds that residents of the United States aren't real informed about, this is going to surprise you, constitutional provisions. Why? What? Uh, 40% of Americans can't name a single right protected by the First Amendment. How is that possible? How do you... How do you graduate from, I don't know, elementary school, let alone high school, without being able to name a single First Amendment right? In addition, uh, the survey found that 33% of those polled were unable to name one of the three branches of the U.S. government. Stop. (laughs) They can't name one of the three branches? There's only three! Let's see. Executive, legislative, judicial. I got it. I got, it says right here. You did it? Legislative, executive, judicial. I did it in the wrong order, but I'm going to take it. Was that a guess, though? Yeah, it was That's a guess. A wild just guess, a wild, right? you don't know that. wild stab in okay, the dark. I just want that clear. You don't know that. You just guessed. I just guessed. Okay. But I guessed properly. Right. And only 26% of the respondents could name the three branches. Protecting the rights... Guaranteed by the Constitution presupposes that we know what they are. Yes, this is what we've been saying. By all that is holy, in order to protect the Constitution, I think virtually all Americans, certainly those of us who are right of center, we all know that we've got to protect the United States Constitution, that it's paramount to our society. It's absolutely critical. But if we don't know what it is, if we don't know what rights we're protecting, if we don't know what's in the document, you can't protect it. Because you don't know when it's being violated. You'll hear the, the term hate speech and you'll think, yeah, that does sound mean. Maybe we shouldn't have any hate speech. 
Well, it's protected by the Constitution in the First Amendment. Freedom of speech. Are there certain limits to freedom of speech? Yes, I can't say, you know, I can't threaten the President of the United States, for instance, without getting a visit by the Secret Service, and that's as it should be. And then the example, the tired old hackneyed example of you can't scream fire in a crowded theater. Okay, you can't endanger the lives of other people with your speech. Other than that, you can say almost anything you want, and it can be hateful. It can be hateful. You might not like it. I certainly don't like it when people say hateful things, but they have to be able to say them in a free society. And you want them to say it because now we know who they are. Okay, white supremacists, none of us like them, but now we know who they are. And you can dismiss them. I don't care about whites. It's such a tiny little segment. And every weekend now we're hearing about, well, Antifa is out to protest white supremacy. Where? Why? Who's out there screaming about white supremacy? I've seen it once. And that was in Charlottesville. They did a big rally. I, I haven't seen any other white supremacist rallies. Is the KKK marching every single weekend? No, because there are hardly any of there are hardly any members of the KKK. I mean, this isn't 1918 anymore. Most people in civilized society understand that being a member of the KKK or agreeing with uh, their tenets is madness i mean it's it's ridiculous but we're paying so much attention to white supremacy now why they completely dismissed when when the black panthers were out saying all the things that they said i mean do you do you remember the kinds of things that were being said by the black panthers yeah i mean it was outrageous they they were they were saying that they were gonna they need to kill some black babies or white babies, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can find. It was one. a while back. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while, and there was no uproar, and hasn't been since. Nobody cared. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared. It was right around the time we were going to Washington D.C. with Glenn, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we were the only ones talking about it. The mainstream media never picked up on it because they would say things like, "Oh, come on, that's such a small segment of our society. They don't have any power." Oh, but all of a sudden, the white supremacists who probably have just as few members as Black Panthers do, or maybe less, all of a sudden, that's the biggest issue in the world, and they must be shut down. Well, they're not even, they're barely making any noise. Nobody has paid attention to them for 60 years. Let's move past the white supremacists and ignore them. You don't need Antifa, the anti-fascists. The reason Antifa is in the streets every weekend is because they hate capitalism and they hate this country. They hate the way it works. They hate the fact that certain people, if they apply themselves and work really hard and and breaks go right for them, that they can become super successful and they're not. And they're not willing to try. All they want is a guaranteed outcome. They don't want a guaranteed opportunity because that they already have. They want a guaranteed outcome. Well, I'm sorry. You can't guarantee an outcome. I can't say that you will absolutely 100% be successful in whatever endeavor in life you choose because it's just, it's not possible. I don't know your work ethic. I don't know what you're trying to do. Well, socialism can guarantee uh, an equal outcome because everybody's equally bad off. 
everyone's equally poor. Everyone's equally miserable. <laughs> so it's much easier in a socialist or communist society to guarantee some kind of equal outcome. It's much harder in a place where you go out and and you make your way. You go out and get that piece of pie that you want to eat. And it's, it, I mean, and it's, it's harder in a society where people can speak their minds if they want to. And that's another thing that Antifa and groups like that are trying to shut down. They're trying to shut down hate speech. Well, you can't. Not constitutionally, anyway. You can't tell these people that they can't speak. It's abhorrent. It's despicable. But they have a right to feel that way and to say it. And as long as they're not hurting anybody, I mean... Your feelings are going to get hurt, but guess what? That's okay. That's up to you to decide whether you're going to allow them to hurt your feelings or not. So we just, we need to understand these rights. We need to protect these rights. Uh, and it's, it's just that so many people are so sensitive and such babies now because of our participation society that we live in where you get a a nice trophy just for participating or you get the game ball despite the fact that you had three errors during the game and struck out all three times you got up to bat here is a game ball just make you feel better well (laughs) it just it defeats the whole purpose how i used to hate that when my my boys were in baseball even if they weren't the worthy recipient of the game ball that day and they'd give it to some kid who just hasn't had it that season. I would just be seething inside. Hmm. Wouldn't say anything because didn't want to make waves or make anybody feel bad. But it drove me out of my mind. And you explained it on the way home, right? And I, yes, I and I explained it every time to my boys Good. on the way home. I would like to point out, though, that my youngest daughter earned her game ball over the weekend. Did she? With a triple that uh, knocked in the tying run, and then she scored the winning run. Is she playing uh, softball? Yes, sir. Nine years old. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, so she earned it. It's pretty good. She earned it. Okay. She's going to make it. All right, 888-900-3393, 888 It's Pat Gray. Let me tell you about uh, my Patriot Supply. You know, preparing for emergencies, it's not easy, but man, it is so important. And if you haven't realized that by now, you really haven't been paying attention. Look what's happened in Houston. They're still, they're still trying to get back to normal, and it's going to be a while. A, a devastating, catastrophic weather event like that is going to take, well, they've said, up to eight years. Certainly not for everybody, but in some areas and some people... Their lives won't get back totally to normal for eight years. So if you live, especially in a place like that, and and every place is a place like that because tornadoes can hit, earthquakes can hit. Um, You know, you can have a flood almost anywhere. And it's just good to be prepared. You, You don't have to wait. I'm a little, just a tad skeptical about FEMA's recommendations and FEMA showing up in time when I need them. Um, because they generally advise only three days' worth of supplies. So, who do you turn to? My Patriot Supply. Call them and talk to them about this. They have people that can walk you through the process and help you decide how much is appropriate for you and your family. The best part is they share their knowledge with you every step of the way and give you personalized guidance 
So it's really easy to trust my Patriot Supply. I trusted them to the tune where uh, a couple years ago we we got the full year supply from them because as I've mentioned many times, we used to do it the other way with buckets of wheat and barley and beans and rice. That sounds good. And not so much mm. when the rat poop is in it and the bull <laughs> weevils uh, invade. Extra protein? No. And we when we left Houston, we had to throw away all man all of our emergency food supply so now i mean this is great and it stays fresh and it stays compact in the containers it's a no-brainer uh get their new 70 serving survival supply for only 67 dollars less than a buck a serving call now 888-893-9140 888-893-9140 or online at preparewiththeblaze.com it's a new number so remember 888-893-9140 9140 or at preparewiththeblaze.com. That's preparewiththeblaze.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Now back to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. So glad you're with us. 888-900-3393 if you'd like to participate in our our home version of the game. Uh, This is Pat Gray. And last night they had the big Emmy broadcast. and uh, Mm, Missed it. Sorry, I was busy doing other things like watching the Packers lose to the Falcons. What? Sorry, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. I apologize. Continue, please. He, of course, uh, brings that up because he's a Falcons fan and I'm a Packer fan. Mm-hmm. Terrible weekend for football for me. Oh, half of mine was bad too. I mean, good <laughs> gosh! The you know anybody who's listened for any length of time knows I'm a huge BYU fan, and uh, this was supposed to be this was hyped like this is the team. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is one that's bringing us back to prominence. We're gonna have a special season this year. Mm-hmm. We got huge goals this year. Okay. okay, so leading me to believe we're going to the playoffs or at least a New Year New Year Six bowl game. Okay. Uh, they've been flattened two out of four weeks. They they beat Portland State <laughs> twenty to six, and then they got steamrolled by LSU, who then in turn mm-hmm. was just steamrolled by Mississippi State, a team they also play this year. Oh no! Oh my gosh! Oh no! Yeah, we got the two SEC teams: LSU and Mississippi State. <laughs> oh, I wonder. Good golly! Oh. And over the weekend, it was. Wisconsin forty BYU six. I, oh. They can't do anything. They can't. They can't stop anybody. They can't move the ball. Okay, look, <sighs> look. So you you lost by thirty four points to yeah. uh, Wisconsin. Uh, Nebraska plays Wisconsin uh, at home three weeks from now. I yeah. promise you, they beat us by more than thirty four points. That'd be a heck of a game to see who's worse, BYU or Nebraska. Because Nebraska lost at home to Northern Illinois, gave up uh, two pick sixes. They Oof. lost uh, twenty one to seventeen. It was quite frankly one of the worst Husker games in the history of the program. Well, yes, yeah. this has been one of the worst BYU seasons so far. I mean, they're one and three, but the the one. I mean, it it's been catastrophic their losses to these good teams. And this is the worst team I've seen hmm. maybe in my lifetime. Okay. But I don't know. Is it's... your coach a nice guy, though? Because our coach is a nice guy. <laughs> our coach is a nice so. guy. All right, cool. Everybody we win the nice guy bowl. Yeah. Everybody. We get the participation award. Hey, you guys really tried hard. 
against Wisconsin. Hey, you tried hard against LSU. That's good. And you almost beat your arch rival nemesis, mm. Utah. Nineteen thirteen. They were they were actually in that game, but of course didn't yeah. didn't win it. Well. So we're not uh, gonna win another game, Pat. I, I I'm starting to wonder. I mm-hmm. seriously am. Mm-hmm. We got a bye week this week, and then I think Utah State, and then Mississippi State or mm-hmm. Boise State, or you know, it's it's going to be it's ugly. But okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night the Emmy Awards were on. We'll get into that a little bit coming up here in a few minutes. And I I continue to be disgusted uh, by Antifa and their antics every weekend or every almost every day. They're out protest supposedly protesting white supremacy. That's just the ruse that they're using to protest capitalism. And and I think it really needs to be understood and pointed out. These people are just anti-American. Uh, 888-900-3393. Here's one of the uh, big routines that's being so heavily lauded uh, from the Emmy broadcast last night. This is uh, Stephen Colbert was the host. Difficult to even look at him. Um, and then all the all the progressive um, actors and actresses all chiming in. Uh, sea levels are rising. Uh, of course, the global warming reference. And then, of course, the nonstop Trump bashing. Just so tedious. Horrible. First of all, the sea levels have risen since like 1850. Ever so slightly. Uh, decade after decade. They go up a teeny little bit. It's just that cycle. Okay, in 1850, we didn't have SUVs, so it really wasn't the SUVs that were bellowing, belching CO2 into the atmosphere. And then secondly, the the nonstop Trump bashing, are they ever going to grow weary of that? 888-900-3393. Let's go to Daniel in California. Hi, Daniel. You're on the blaze. Hi, Pat. Hey. You guys are great. Hey, a couple of comments. First thing about the bashing of Trump. Mm-hmm. by the uh, Hollywood elites, as we call them. If people would stop going to their movies and buying their music mm-hmm. and letting them know why, maybe they'd shut up. We don't need to hear them. It's we very don't need true. to hear the trash they want mm-hmm. to put out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, about the KKK, I would like to start seeing people look at history and see exactly who endorsed the KKK. It was the Democrats, and they still up until Hillary's so-called mentor in the Senate. He was a grand wizard of the KKK. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'd like to know, when did they get flipped to become a Republican thing? You know, mm-hmm. there was no civil rights introduced by the Democrats from the end of the Civil War until the 60s. If people knew the actual history of the Civil Rights Act and how many Democrats voted for it versus Republicans, I think they would be shocked. Yeah. If it wasn't for the Republicans, that would have never gotten passed. Yep. But yet now Republicans are racist, the Democrats are the good guys, and I am so sick of it, I could just throw up. You and me both, brother. Appreciate the call. Thanks. 888-900-3393 is our number. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. It is. And, and you're right. If we, if we all stop, we're just not willing to. We're not willing to give up our entertainment for this. <laughs> but if we stop going to their stupid movies, they might get the message. It would be nice if we could all commit to something like that. It's hard. And I admit it, I, I want to go to movies too. I do. And, uh, but, if, but if we made that statement, they'd have to stop doing it, right? 
Uh, CosmoHurtsKids.com is on a mission right now. Cosmo Hurts Kids founder, Victoria Hurst, she's part of the Hurst family. The Hurst Corporation owns Cosmopolitan Magazine, which is more commonly known as Cosmo. Now, you see it when you're checking out all the time. Well, Victoria believes, and so do I, The Cosmo contains pornography harmful to kids. She's not trying to put them out of business. She's not trying to shut them down or alter their freedom of speech. She's just trying to make it so that the state's material harmful to minor laws apply to Cosmo so it can't be sold to anyone under 18. If you'd like to hear more about this, you believe in this cause as I do, uh, we all need to take a stand against anybody buying this who's under 18. Visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. Okay, do it today and be a part of this movement. CosmoHurtsKids.com. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Consolation, though, that the Emmys broadcast just hemorrhaging viewers. I mean, hemorrhaging viewers. Yeah. Um, it's funny, though, because actually Sean Spicer, who gets bludgeoned by these people on a regular basis, and every Saturday Night Live for, you know, months and months, they they hammered him. What's that woman's name? That I mean, she's fairly funny. but Oh, yeah. She did the impression of him and, I know you're and did about. it pretty well. So he shows up on stage last night and declared that the CBS broadcast would have the largest audience to witness an Emmys, period, both in person and around the world, because that's what he said about the inauguration. Uh, well, it was uh, coming off an all-time ratings low from last year when Jimmy Kimmel hosted. Um, this one didn't do any better. So you're facing, um, you know, they were facing some competition from N- N- NBC's Sunday Night Football, Green Bay and Atlanta. Uh, but still, I mean, if you're an Emmys fan, you're going to at least tape it and watch it. But they only got 8.2 uh, percent of the homes that had televisions on wow. last night, which is how you read that. They had an 8-2 share. Um, it, 50 out of the 56 reporting markets... Um, we're, we're down for the broadcast. It's the third straight decline for TV's big night. For NFL and NBC, last night's 34-23 win by Falcons over the Packers. I'm sorry, what, um, can you go through that again? What was the no, score? No, I can't. I, 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 ca- I can't. Didn't that, hear it. It's gone now, that okay. phrase. But that had a 12-6, which tells you, I mean, it was it crushed the Emmys. So wait, the NFL, now the serious question. Now the NFL ratings, like, are they up now? Are they, you know what I mean? Uh, no, they've been up? down um, for the season. They're right. down for the season. And I, that's good too, because that's, uh, and surveys have found that people are watching less because of these protests. I mean, we just don't want to put up with it. Right. We don't want to see it on the Emmys and we don't want to see it on sports. That's where we're looking for a respite. That's where we're looking for, just let me get my mind off of some of this stuff for a while. And then you're hitting the face with it there, too. I don't know. What's it going to take for them to realize that, to understand that? Uh, 888-900-3393. Dan in Virginia, you're on the blaze. 
Hey, Pat. Thanks for taking my call. Love the new show. Thank you. And uh, the uh, I, my, my question was, I listened to you Friday when you stood in for Glenn uh-huh. and uh, listened to you and Pat talk about the, I mean, you and Stu talk about the NFL and how people want it to be fair and balanced. And but where was the outcry when Tebow got canned after taking the Denver to the playoffs, even though they didn't even put a line in front of him? Every time they put the ball in his hand, he was hit. Yeah. And nobody, nobody said every single time another team passed on him, well, that's racism. No, oh, that's exactly. racism. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's a good point, Dan. Thanks. Uh, there's a white quarterback who went through almost the same thing for very different reasons. Mm. I mean, Tebow brought a circus with him, a circus of media attention that probably not a lot of teams wanted to deal with. And he has some issues throwing the ball, just like Colin Kaepernick. Well, that guy is out of the league completely playing minor league baseball and working for the SEC network now. You might notice he also is not in the NFL, which again makes all of this all of this controversy over the Kaepernick thing absolutely absurd. Mm. Well, uh, T- Tebow's playing minor league baseball now too, right? I mean, yes, he's, uh, mm-hmm. he's not doing bad, right? Uh, I need to uh, check. It's not great. Okay, uh, not going to see him playing in the, honestly, the show anytime I, soon. Last time I checked his batting average, it was in the low two hundreds, probably two ten, two twenty. But he hit some home runs. And you know, people want to. People are interested. They want to see him play, and so they do show up. And so, in these minor league ballparks, they're having sellout crowds uh, in the cities where he plays. He's hitting two eighty two. Oh, he's up to two eighty two now. Right. Yeah. How many home runs? Uh, let's see. Two home runs. Uh, let's see. Z- zero home runs. He had a walk off home run. What is this? I'm, I'm. This must be with this current team. Okay. Yeah, All they right. probably moved him. And moved him where? Up or down? I wonder. I don't know. But two eighty two. Yeah. That's respectable. That's not bad at all. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to figure out, are the St. Lucie Mets, are they AAA or, or AA, or where are we on that? You know, I'm not as up on the St. Lucie Mets as I probably Some, should some, be. Someone <laughs> tweet, Pat Unleashed, at Pat Unleashed. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'll, fi- I'll figure I, this out. You know, I used to right? research the St. Lucie Mets oh. uh, on a pretty regular, like right. every day. And you didn't know it was going to come up. Now I you kind of fell out of touch with them. Oh, yeah. they're a high A affiliate. High so A. So I think that's... Okay. Next to last. To the well, there's there. rookie A. Oh. There's A. Mm-hmm. And then there's high A. Whoa. And then I think you go to double A, triple A majors. Very well. So we'll see. I mean, if he's doing pretty well in, in high A, he might get a shot at double A. And then you go from there. But the the problem is, kids, what, he's 30 now? He's got to be close to it if he's not. Oh, that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah. Let's see. 30. 30. Yeah. 30. Just yeah. turned 30 in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the weekend at the box office, it remained number one, despite the fact that it's been out for a couple of weeks still. But it brought in sixty million dollars. It only cost thirty-five million to make. Um, then American Assassin, which looks really good. That's that Vince Flynn yeah. uh, book turned into a movie. That that looks good. I, I, I would think that would be a fun popcorn movie. Fourteen point eight million, and then the ridiculous movie. From Jennifer Lawrence, mother. <laughs> I know. I've heard nothing made good about seven point five million. I have not heard a movie <laughs> this roundly criticized since the Gigi thing with uh, Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. Now, I played this last week where Jennifer Lawrence was being interviewed, and she talked about how the movie is a metaphor for the, she plays the earth. <laughs> she plays the earth. She's she's just actually a mother, but it's a metaphor for the earth. Uh, 
and what's being done to the earth. And Rex Reed wrote this uh, review of the movie that is phenomenal. He says, it's the worst movie of the century. (laughs) From the idiotic drug addict hokum requiem requiem for a dream to the overrated, overwrought, and overhyped Black Swan, which I called a lavishly staged repulsion in toe shoes, (laughs) writes Rex, Rex Reed. The films of whack job Darren Aronofsky have shown a dark passion for exploring twisted souls in torment, but nothing he's done before to poison the ozone layer prepared me for mother, an exercise in torture and hysteria so over the top, I didn't know whether to scream or laugh out loud. (laughs) Uh, This delusional freak show is two hours of pretentious twaddle that tackles religion, paranoia, lust, rebellion, and a thirst for blood in a circus of grotesque debauchery to prove that being a woman requires emotional sacrifice and physical agony at the cost of everything else in life, including life itself. I mean, they went to such extremes in this, and Rex Reed writes about it. Apparently, she gives birth to a baby, and then people surround the home at one point and burn it to the ground with her and the baby inside of it. I mean, just wait, hideous stuff. Why? Because she's contributing to the overpopulation of the planet? What's the, what's I, the motive there? You know, I don't, don't know. Don't make me look it up. And Rex Reed, Rex Reed says, everybody's trying to make this into some kind of metaphor for climate change or something else or inequality or whatever he just says it's garbage (laughs) i've never been a huge rex reed fan but i think he just made me one he says nothing about mother makes one lick of sense as darren aronofsky's corny vision of madness turns more hilarious than scary with so much crap around to clog the drain i hate hesitate (laughs) to label it the worst movie of the year when Worst movie of the century fits it so much better. Awesome. <laughs> Love that. Uh, that's good stuff. And of course, uh, Jennifer Lawrence and all her pretension um, was almost, uh, she, she was, the movie to her was like a, a religious experience is kind of the way she described it. And I guess she's actually dating now Darren Aronofsky, the, the director. So maybe that tainted her a little bit, but she is a she is really disappointing. I mean, she's such a left wing. She's extreme left wing. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Then we have the uh, situation in Canada with global warming. I'll bet the Canadians are going to love Mother because it's a representation of what's happening to the Earth. Canada's Competition Bureau, an uh, arm funded by. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, to the tune of almost 50 million annually, investigated three organizations accused of denying mainstream climate science for over a year. So a branch of the government now, created by Justin Trudeau in Canada, is investigating people who deny the prevailing theory on climate change. This is pretty chilling. It's like George Orwell. The Bureau discontinued its 14-month probe, citing available evidence, the assessment of the facts in this case, and to ensure the effective allocation of limited resources. But it will reopen its investigation should it receive relevant new information from the public. complaint was filed uh, by EcoJustice on behalf of six prominent Canadians, 
including uh, former Ontario NDP, that's one of their ministers in parliament, and UN Ambassador Stephen Lewis. It accused three groups, Friends of Science, the International Climate Science Coalition, and the Heartland Institute of making false and misleading claims about climate change, including that the sun... <laughs> what? 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 Why? Oh, good golly, this is ridiculous. Here's some of the the claims that these outrageous organizations made. One, the sun is the main driver of climate change, not carbon dioxide. That's... What? That... Are you sure about this? What? They're saying that's misinformation given to the public? <sighs> the two million degree burning orb in the sky is not the main driver of climate change? And the carbon dioxide itself is not a pollutant. So when you breathe out, okay. that's not pollution. That's what they say. <laughs> Hard to argue with either of those things. The sun is the main driver of climate change. That's absolutely true. And carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. Wow. When it launched its complaint in December 2015, EcoJustice told the National Observer it would press the commissioner of competition to refer the matter to the Attorney General of the United States for criminal charges against the denier groups. Oh, God. In Canada, it is possible now to have criminal charges filed against you if you don't believe in everything they're saying, like CO2 is a bigger driver of the climate than the sun. <laughs> God. I, uh, uh, so frustrating. 888 uh, It's time to say goodbye to Big Mobile, you know? And it's time to say hello to freedom. We all know that big government is at the root of many of America's problems, but maybe you didn't know the Big Mobile contributes to that your cell phone uh takes a the, all these companies take a pro, uh, portion of their proceed and they put it into the pockets right out of the pockets of organizations like planned parenthood and they advocate for issues like sanctuary cities and gun control now i know you're thinking the big mobile is the only affordable option for cell phone service but that's wrong let me tell you about Patri- patriot mobile It's the only conservative cell phone company in America where a portion of your Patriot Mobile bill directly funds traditional family values, religious freedom, opportunities for American citizens, things like the NRA. Starting this week, Patriot Mobile takes another step forward, unlimited talk, text, and data at better prices than anything you can get from Big Mobile. Did you get that? So you don't have to suffer with Big Mobile anymore. You get the same nationwide coverage with unlimited talk, text, and data for a better price price than you're paying now right now unlimited talk and text starts at about 20 dollars a month 20 it's unheard of i mean that really is unheard of so call 1-800-A-PATRIOT or you can visit their website patriotmobile.com slash pat use my name p-a-t pat and they will also waive your activation fee that's it that's all you have to do 1-800-A-PATRIOT or visit their website patriotmobile.com to waive your activation fee when you use the promo code PAT and say goodbye to Big Mobile. You're listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network.
Sierra on the Blaze Radio Network. And thank you for being here as well. 888-933-93. Everything that's going on, we also have this nut job, uh, Kim Jong-un, threatening us mm. every day virtually. Virtually every day. Rocket man. Latest thing is, yeah. Latest thing, he's, he's threatened to turn the U.S. into a sea of flames. I, can't, I keep going back and forth on this. How, how long do we wait before we take some sort of action? Maybe we just don't. I don't, I don't know, but uh, it seems pretty dangerous. He is always claiming to want to and be capable of and is about to turn the United States into a sea of flames. You know, I have my doubts that he could even do it if he tried, but do you wait and see? Or do, or do you ever consider some sort of preemptive strike? At least get him out of office. I mean, I don't know. Threat came just a day after the North carried out yet another successful ballistic missile over Japan. And they claimed America is now in mortal fear after proving it has the military power to strike the U.S. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has vowed to turn the American empire into a sea of flames through a sudden surprise attack from any region and area. Now, is this guy so stupid or so insane that he doesn't understand the ramifications of if he tried to do this? I, I don't know. I really don't know. They fired uh, that missile over Japan um, in what they're describing as the country's farthest reaching test ever. Through the two successful ICBM test launches, the DPRK... <laughs> They like to call themselves the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. I love it. That, that's so cute when communist nations Isn't do that. Nice? that. Yeah, that's cute. Like what was a United Socialist Soviet Republic? Uh-huh. You're a republic? Come on now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've put the whole U.S. mainland in its striking range and clearly showed that it can turn the American empire into a sea of flames through sudden surprise attack from any region and area. Whatever means and methods the U.S. may employ, they will never work. On the DPRK, the U.S. fate is in the hands of the DPRK. Yeah, I, I don't think so. If the U.S. and South Korean warmongers, this, all he talks about is warmongering, but we're the warmongers. Persist in reckless action in disregard of our repeated warnings. We will decisively take a strong retaliatory strike. That yeah, wouldn't be, we haven't done anything to them. We're not doing anything to them. We're not threat. Well, other than the one Trump thing where he kind of threatened them. We haven't threatened them and we don't. That's not our style. But uh, this fat little douche is always, always threatening us. And, you know, sometimes I think, well, maybe we should take some action. Maybe we should, t- you know, take it into our own hands and protect ourselves and just stop him. Maybe we stop him. Maybe you send in Navy SEALs and take him out. I don't know. Maybe you take out their nuclear capability. Maybe it's a preemptive strike. There's danger there, that's for sure. And I I don't want to get into another huge war. I I don't want to get into any kind of war. But after a while, you start wondering, is this guy so unhinged that he might actually, you know, fire off missiles at us? I I don't know. I don't know. Triple eight. 933-93, Eric in Tennessee. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hi, I really enjoy your show. I'm a, a new watcher, and uh, Thank you. I get a great deal of enjoyment out of it. Um, if I may, I'd like to make a comment um, first about the Emmy Awards. 
I can't yeah. believe that sanctimonious garbage is still on, and I can't oh. believe eight percent of viewership watched it. I know. Um, and uh, in addition to that, the global warming thing kills me. Uh, I served on my local school board. I've been in academia a long time, and our students are so dupable because um, we we are not teaching the basics in science. Anyone that has a tertiary understanding of science has a lot of questions about global warming. And um, it's just amazing to me um, how we've lowered our standards. And the average kid with average intelligence buys into this. Uh, I'll hang up and listen. Thank you very much. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, the, the, that's a real problem. Our kids have been so successfully indoctrinated in by, global warming. By design. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100, uh, 100 years of brainwashing. And I think, you know, really the only way you keep them from that is is to homeschool them because it's everywhere. It doesn't matter what school you send them to. That's what they're going to hear. They're just going to hear this continual drumbeat of global warming. We're killing the planet. we got to do something. Your parents won't listen. They're hearing all that stuff. And, I mean, we, we homeschooled for 24 years. With our two oldest, uh, we uh, we let them go to high school when they got to that age so that they could participate in the extracurricular activities because in Houston and in Texas, you can't participate in... Even though you're paying outrageous property taxes... Don't get me started. ...to the stinking school system... I can't take it, man. Even though you're paying thousands upon thousands it of dollars in hurts. taxes... No, I'm sorry. You can't play football here. No, I play baseball with us? <laughs> no. Not if you're homeschoolers. That drives me out of my mind. That's an incredible injustice. Now, now you know what? To bring this back to Tim, Tim Tebow for just a second here, there was like a Tim Tebow uh, bill uh, in Texas Yeah, where you could let your kids play. You could homeschool your kids, but let them play in sports. But the catch was you had to submit paperwork and, and make sure that the kids were learning, which is the antithesis of homeschooling your kids. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yes. And Sorry. I'm trying to think, did that... Did that pass? I, you know what? I'm going to check on that. Because I remember that now. I remember we had the, and we called it that, the Tebow bill. Um, uh, let's see, Texas, it, they did pass the bill. Wow. Pass the bill. So what's the date on this? It doesn't say. Uh, in April. April 19th. Yep. That's what I got. <clears throat> they passed the bill to allow homeschooled students to participate in university interscholastic uh, programs. Hmm. So. That's interesting because in Texas, there's a really good network of homeschool teams. So you don't have to put up with it. I mean, if you don't, if you don't want to send them into the, you know, because of the fact that you couldn't send them to school to play extracurricular sports, uh, all of these leagues for homeschoolers popped up and they're really good ones. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times the homeschoolers um, will participate against certain public schools or private schools and they do really well and it's it's a lot of fun but to be able to have to pay all of the property tax that you pay and then be told no i'm sorry you can't use any of our facilities i'm paying for your stinking facilities these palaces jeez Mm -hmm. now wait do you kids are they assured a game ball if they get to play yes because it's public school okay so sure i see ian in new york you're on the blaze hi yeah, I'd like to remind everybody that Obama going out the door t- leaned over to Trump and said, watch North Korea, they're the greatest threat, and he did nothing about it. And from Bill Clinton through the Bush years to Obama, this is what's on us. Now Iran's on the path, and they can't be dealt with both at the same time. And if this guy thinks like he's going to, that we're just going to sit by for another 20 years and let him amass quantity of weapons, 
He's mm-hmm. going to send something somewhere, and it's going to be the end of them people. And trying to better wake up. I don't know if they got a mole or uh, somebody that can handle this situation, mm-hmm. or maybe Russia can go and have a little sit down and slip them some polonium two ten on a bologna sandwich. <laughs> but this is unacceptable, and may you know uh, it's really not in a joke about. But I know this is where we are, and and, and you know, and it's sickening. And Dennis, uh, the basketball player, maybe we can use him as a Manchurian candidate. And, <laughs> Get him over there and break this guy's neck. This is unacceptable. It is. And I'm not too uh, sure. I don't know too much about this guy other than does He's he have nuts. family? I pray to God. Like, does he have kids? Thanks, Ian. I, I, I don't know about his ch- I don't think so. He's not married, but that certainly wouldn't preclude kids, I guess. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. here on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you for being here. 888 900 It's Pat Gray. Uh, interesting uh, weekend for the box office where that movie that I, I guess has been highly anticipated, Darren Aronofsky. I'm not that familiar with his work. I've never seen one of his bizarre movies, but he's got another bizarre one that is so extreme. I mean, people are actually pissed off when they leave the movie theater a lot of times. Think, what is that? What What did you just assault me with? That was, but he. It's a uh, what do they call it? A an extended primal scream. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's an extended primal scream about the about Mother Earth. The mother, uh, the the name of the movie is Mother, and I think they're talking about Mother Earth. But this woman wants to be a mother in the movie. It's a whole beautiful uh, metaphor, and uh, and it made seven and a half million dollars over the weekend, which was considerably less than they were hoping. Hmm. It uh, garnered sixty million. That's up to two hundred eighteen million in two weeks. Uh, it's a big surprise in that one. The clown is really a spider, right? I mean, we've seen that already. <laughs> if you read the book or saw the first terrible movie. Uh, you already know what goes on there, right? See, I really liked it when I was a kid growing up. I, I shouldn't have watched it. Um, maybe that's why I'm terrified of spiders to this day. Maybe. But um, I actually do not watch any kind of horror flick whatsoever anymore. I just I just don't know. I can't take it. Yeah, we, I, I don't either. Um, I remember when I was a, when I was a kid, I, was, I used to love to go to the Friday the 13th movies. Mm-hmm. And after seeing like the fifth harpoon go through some teenager's skull i thought why why am i putting myself through this i don't really like it i don't don't (laughs) like to see these people get murdered in these ways the flashbacks are never pleasant not at all (laughs) uh so yeah but some people just really i have a daughter who just loves horror movies that's about all she'll watch natasha down the hall here yeah she just loves that stuff yeah meanwhile uh kim jong-un uh, president is taken to calling him Rocket Man because he's shooting <laughs> off all these rockets. Um, I think that's too good for this fat little douche. Oh, I, should we come up with another nickname? Or fat something? little douche is fat, good. I like. Maybe I do like fat little douche. FLD. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but he has threatened. He's vowed again to turn the American Empire into a sea of flames through sudden surprise attacks <laughs> from any region and area. 
another one of the uh, quotes from them is the U.S. styling itself as a superpower while boasting of its strength before other big powers is in mortal fear of the DPRK. <laughs> now, but I mean, you don't want to sit around and wait till Hawaii gets nuked or if they can make it that far, California or Alaska. I don't I don't know. I don't know how far there's a lot of there's a lot of debate, too, about just how far North Korea has progressed with their technology. They're they're pretty backward. They've had uh, sanctions against them for years and years. How much is China helping them? I don't know. How much is Iran helping them? All of our enemies seem to band together and and get together and help each other so that they can come up against us. But I, you know, it's hard to believe that North Korea has missile technology that would reach the mainland of the United States. I've, I, I'm not sure I believe that. No. But do you want to take the chance? This is such a hard thing to figure out here. But I do, I do want to just share this tweet from Henry CK53, who uh, tweeted at Pat Unleashed. What do you think of this? Because I'm kind of torn as I'm reading this. Maybe we need to vaporize some uninhabited island in the Pacific to show the DPRK what a real nuke can do. Yeah, well, we've I, done that in the past. It just has tempting. <laughs> we did it in the past with the Bikini Atoll. Isn't that what, right. what that was called? Bikini Island? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to Paula in Florida. You're on the blaze. Hey, how are you doing today? Good. Doing good. Good. Um, listen, I have a boss here that has actually been to North Korea last year. Um. Went there and... What, her, were the, uh, what were the conditions under which he went there? Horrible. He's a surgeon. And he oh, went with okay. um, uh, uh, an organization, I won't name it, um, okay. to perform a few operations. And it was absolutely ghastly. The conditions there in the North Korea? The conditions, Korean? absolutely. Even scrub water, the, the conditions were unsanitary. The power was on and off during operations. Just horrendous. Wow. Very, I mean, you think third, third world and you think 10 times worse. Really? Yeah. So now, the, only, the only reason I would think South, I mean, North Korea would have the capacity to, to uh, perform some of these uh, long-range missile tests is that they have for years kidnapped Japanese and South Korean scientists. Yeah, and, the, and they got it from somewhere else. I, yeah, you know, well, I, yeah, they didn't get it themselves. They don't right. have the money. They don't have the no. wherewithal. Yeah, just very interesting. So, what kind of uh, what 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 kind of surgeries did he perform while he was over there? Um, GI surgeries, gastrointestinal. Okay, because yeah. yeah. I understand that um, ophthalmologists go over there too, or you know, eye surgeons go over there, and yeah. and people have gone blind because they've got cataracts and then correct and then they're just they just remove the cataracts and it's like a miracle to them because they don't have anybody over there who apparently is qualified to do that and they don't have the facilities either what went along with him there was actually equipment from another company that um actually gave that equipment to be used during that time the problem was power electricity they didn't have the electricity even how long was he there uh, two and a half weeks. Was he allowed any freedom to move around or see anything? Mm, no, he no. he had a, a, a what they called a uh, I think he said more like what would you call it? Uh, someone that accompanied him everywhere he went, like a chaperone type, a chaperone, probably Absolutely. from the mil- military chaperone yeah. of sorts. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Wow. But he did say when he would go into the marketplace, um, everything would be off. The refrigeration was off. The lights were off. And suddenly he'd go into a market and there are three or four pieces of meat and they've just, you can smell they've just turned on the power to cool it down. It's a very impoverished, very mm. horrible place. Horrible. It's really sad. Really yeah, sad. Because it so, it's not anyway, the people's fault. you're doing fault. a great job enjoying your new show. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. You know, it's not the people's fault. So you really feel bad for them because they're starving over there, and they have no—I mean, literally starving. Um, they're impoverished. First of all. The communist system is bad enough that it has, you know, it's equalized everybody. <laughs> There's no income inequality except with the absolute leadership like Kim Jong-un and his staff and military leaders. They live fine. They're, they're fat and sassy, obviously fat and sassy. But the rank and file citizens of North Korea, they go without. Uh, they're starving. And they've got tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of political prisoners that they put into labor camps. And they starve them, and they beat them. And, you know, Just like they did with our uh, the kid that was there, 19 years old, I think, when he got there. He was with some group, and he just messed with a poster on the wall and paid for that with his life. Because they took him and they put him, they sentenced him to 15 years of hard labor in a labor camp. Well, shortly after that, somehow he lapsed into a a coma. We later heard that he'd been tortured and beaten, and that helped him (laughs) lapse into a coma. And they sent him home just in time to die. It's it's a bleak, horrific, really apocalyptic society. So if you go by what Paula was saying, where they've got power outages, and they've, they've got hunger, and they have no... Medical know-how, certainly. No no skilled people to perform, or certainly not enough, to perform these surgeries on their population. Are uh, Am I supposed to believe that they do have <clears throat> ICBMs that can reach the United States mainland? A what? A 4,000, 5,000-mile journey? I, I, I don't know. So maybe you just ignore it. Maybe you just ignore all the threats, all the bluster... All the back and forth, and you just say, "Yeah, okay, we." No, you can't. You can't do any of this stuff. So, but they've shown a couple of times they can launch a missile high enough to go over the top of Japan's airspace, because the airspace doesn't extend indefinitely vertically. So, that's how they've been getting around having these missiles shot down by us. Well, they're not exactly in Japan's airspace because they were shot too high over the country but then they land like a i think one of them landed something like a hundred miles uh away from guam which is a u.s territory i mean they really are they, they could really provoke something catastrophic for themselves if they don't stop it and i don't know what will trump do something he's kind of unpredictable so I, I think it's possible. Okay, so when it was U.S. versus the USSR, all right, mm-hmm. we, I guess, assumed that the Russians, even the leadership, wanted to live through whatever battle might ensue, correct? Yes. All right, so with um, Islamo-fascists, they don't care if they die. 
right? Right. What's the mind? In some cases, prefer it. They want to go to heaven and get the virgins. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, So here's the thing: on North Korea, what's the what's the mindset? What's the next step that they're expecting after a a war? Um, Do they want to live through this? Do they care? I'm not sure what the mindset is there. I'm not sure either. I don't know. I mean, they're they're showing him on TV right now. He's just such a. I don't know if he's nuts. He's got a good barber, <laughs> right? The haircut does make you suspect he's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the giveaway. <laughs> oh boy, uh, it's rough. It is rough, and uh, so it's a it's a tough decision. And I'm I'm glad I'm not the one making it. And and I I just I'm not sure that I have a, a great deal of confidence in the leadership here. And their ability uh, to deal with this properly. Wait, what do you mean? Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, what are they going to do about this? Well, for, cer- for certain, I don't have mm-hmm. confidence in them. But I don't have confidence from the other side either. Do you? I'm, I, no. I have lost all None of the above. confidence oh. in Republicans and Democrats. Uh, in the executive branch, the Senate branch, the Senate, the, the House, the judicial. I mean... There's nobody I really feel strongly about can, you know, cope with these decisions. Yeah. So. We're screwed. Yeah. It's possible. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Chuck in Ohio, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hi, uh, Pat. Uh, I was just thinking that you guys are forgetting that Bill Clinton in the last days of his presidency uh, sold the Chinese the computer chip for their continental ballistic missiles. So that instead of just being able to lob them towards the U.S., they could pinpoint them to downtown New York City or Washington D.C. Which, for my money, was treason. Well, exactly. And and everybody was focused, of course, at the time. You know, us included. But uh, we were also talking about that. But everybody was focused on the Monica Lewinsky thing, which was the least of the problems when he's selling secrets to China like that. Because you just... You're... Well, right. And that seems to be happening a lot anymore. Yeah. You know, they're more focused on all these little things. I mean, it's like the 8 million people dying in India from the earthquake. I still haven't heard anything at all about that from the, the news. Right. I'm not... It, it, uh, if there was an earthquake, I'm not familiar with that. Are you talking about the flooding? In yeah, India? in India. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate the in call. Delhi, eight million people died. Uh, is that right? Wow, that's a lot. My, my figure, wow. the figure I heard was 1,200, which is still a lot. I got 1,200 die in uh, the floods in India. Um, yeah, 1.8 yeah. million children out of school. Yeah, there we better, you go. We better... So the, the millions that you're talking about, uh, Chuck, are homeless, mm-hmm. I believe, not dead. But I mean, twelve hundred is still a horrific number, and it's and we don't even talk about it. Nobody's even mentioning it. Yeah. And in India, in Bangladesh, and Nepal, I think the actual number was something like forty million people displaced. Wow! So not killed, but they lost their homes, they lost their livelihood, they lost all their property. We need to protect India because when World War Three happens, they're going to be our most important ally. Got a lot of bodies over there. Yeah, they do. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's Pat Gray. Pat Gray unleashed the Blaze Radio Network.
Blaze Radio Network. Our last caller mentioned uh, the catastrophe going on in India. And he, he said he thought 8 million had died. Fortunately, that's it's it's not that devastating. But 1,200 people have died in the flooding from the monsoons in India. Um, 1,200 people. Millions have been forced from their home. The initial report was 40 million. 31 million, I think, or 33 million in India. Another 8 million in Bangladesh and Nepal. Just a horrific tragedy. 18,000 schools shut down. 1.8 million kids out of school because of this. That I mean it's a it's a disaster that you can't even you can't even fathom. You can't get your head around it. It's so big. And then nobody's nobody's even talking about it because it didn't happen here, I guess. I, I don't know. It's it's a strange phenomenon. I I mentioned this I think last week. We had some friends visit us from out of town and we were eating one night and sh- and one one of the friends that were visiting us said, "Hey, so what, Pat? What do you think about what happened in India? Like, what? Why? What? What happened in India? <laughs> I, mean, I haven't even heard about it." And then I took that story to uh, the radio show with Glenn and Stu, and I said, "What do you guys think about this thing in India?" And they're like, well, "What thing in India? Nobody knew about it because it's just been so." lightly reported in this country and you know we have our own disasters going on with hurricane harvey in houston and irma in florida and the the fires in the northwest i mean we had a lot going on too uh and hundreds of thousands of people displaced in houston but um yeah we probably should pay attention to the plight of people elsewhere also Probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It is Pat Gray, um, and we've been talking about the uh, DPRK, the North Korean situation. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is there something we should be doing? Is there mi- military action we should be taking? Would you be in favor of a preemptive strike? The guy talks about us all the time. He talks about taking us out all the time. He uses the incendiary language, like it's going to turn us into a sea of flames. You know, he sounds like extremist Islamists uh, when he speaks. But uh, could China have given them the capability to to reach the United States with one of their ICBMs? I don't know. They're certainly testing them. They're certainly firing them off. They're certainly trying to show us that they can do what they say they can do. So what do you do about that? Do you just sit back and wait? And And if you do, and something hits Hawaii or Guam, or heaven forbid, the mainland of the United States, uh, then you've waited a little bit too long, haven't you? We've done nothing for far too long. And if you're attacked in that way, I I think it's full-scale war at that point. Do you wait for that to happen? (sighs) uh, It's a really tough one. Um, As far as these... um, Confederate statues that continue to be bandied about, continue oh. to be talked about. That's the big problem we're facing right That's, there. This is the issue that we really need to come to grips with. Now you're in my wheelhouse. How many people are getting killed by these statues? Way too many. Mm-hmm. Way too many people are being hurt and murdered by statues. Uh, it's time we do something about the statue serial killings that are going on in the United States of America. Right now, students at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill 
are threatening to sue their school over the administration's continued refusal to tear down a Confederate monument. Who sent the suit? Mm. Uh, New York law firm Boys, Schiller, and Flexner, which once represented uh, Al Gore in Gore versus Bush Mm. in 2000, sent the suit last week on behalf of UNC's Black Law Students Association. The group's uh, faculty advisor and 12 other students, according to the Daily Tar Heel. They sent the suit to UNC Chancellor Carol Folt, UNC President Margaret Spellings. Oh, they're all women. Good. And the USC chapel. This is so diverse. How could they be upset with these people? Um, What are they suing for? The students claim that a Confederate statue on campus known as Silent Sam violates federal law, specifically Title uh, IV and Title VI of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which makes racial discrimination unlawful. The students say the students are demanding that UNC immediately remove the monument uh, of an armed Confederate soldier soldier known as Silent Sam from the middle of the campus. They argue the statue violates federal anti-discrimination laws by fostering a racially hostile learning environment. And they declare that because Silent Sam violates the rights guaranteed by these and other federal laws, we request that you authorize its immediate removal in order to avoid needless litigation. Uh, I guess Silent Sam went up in 1913, uh, and he's it's kind of a monument to a UNC alumni holding a rifle, but is silent because he doesn't wear any badge uh, or cartridge box for ammunition. The statue has long been the subject of controversy, and there's been vandalism in the past that has cost uh, University of North Carolina more than $40,000 to fix. But the school told uh, the Daily Tar Heel... We have received the letter and understand that for many people, the Confederate monument's presence can engender strong emotions. And we are respectful of those emotions. While we do not have the unilateral legal authority to move the monument, these students have raised questions about federal civil rights law that will need to be addressed. And we'll work with our board of trustees and board of governors to do so. In the meantime, the Chancellor's Task Force is developing an interpretive plan Uh, for the place that will include signage presenting historical context of how the monument was erected as part of a broader effort to tell the honest and accurate history of the university. You compare this stuff to the letter that we got. Was this, we we got this letter on Friday from Richmond. I think they sent it to you and you forwarded it to me. This, um, this group called RCC youth. From Richmond, oh, Virginia. Yeah, I got to look at that. Um, and on Friday, they sent us this email that they took five RCC. I don't know what RCC stands for, but it's it's an organization that apparently you know involves uh, kids from uh, from lower income. And they said they they took these kids, sixteen and seventeen years old, from Section Eight public housing to the Confederate monuments, so that they could formulate their own ideas about uh, what was going on and what you sh- what should be done about it. Is that it. allowed still? Where people can formulate their own ideas? Apparently. Wow. Apparently. That's a thing. Huh? Okay. And these kids did. One of them, they all got together when they were done inspecting the Confederate moderate monuments. They went back to the headquarters at RCC and uh, one of them 
Dequan Morton, who's 17 years old, he wrote this. Today, me and my peers decided to visit the monuments to see what all the fuss was about. And we came up with this. Is it more convenient to take down some statues than to improve the real problem of society? And Dequan, the answer to that is yes. A lot of people think that the problem with society is racism, but racism is only the feeling of one race being better than another. From living in low-income areas, we have our own ideas about society. Everybody pointing blame at Monument Avenue and statues that reside there, but those statues have never done anything to me or any people that I care about. I mean, that's some wisdom coming from a 17-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. In these low-income areas, we five kids, each from a different area, collectively know 22 people who have been killed in the past year. In the past year. These poor kids, teenagers, five of them, know 22 people who have been murdered in the last year. How do you even relate to that? Killed. Not not Right, died. not that they've just died. They've been murdered. Oh. He said, where's the, prote- where's the protesting about that? That's what they deal with. From day to day, we're born and we're taught that nobody cares for us and nobody can help us. What if I told you there were kids starving in your own backyards, living in rundown buildings? What if I told you that there are kids that would rather rob, steal, and kill then go into their own house with nothing to eat. Every day, kids like these say to themselves, do whatever I have to to get the money. And if they don't give it to me, I'm going to take it. I mean, this is, this is heart-wrenching. And so his, his point here, though, is we don't care about these statues. These statues haven't done a thing to us. We care about the actual conditions in our neighborhoods where people are dying. Let's focus on that i mean it's 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 brilliant and my hat's off to these kids yeah, yeah. Uh, for coming to that understanding for actually going to the place where these confederate monuments uh exist and then reaching the conclusion that pff, that didn't hurt us and i love his point in the letter where he says why don't we take the money that we're spending to knock these statues down let's put them into the schools to maybe help fix them up a little bit for us right oh Right. Simple wisdom. Good stuff. 888 933 Get back to your calls in just a sec. First, chewing fat with Jeffy. Is it chewing fat or chewing the fat? It's chewing the fat. (laughs) Just make sure you get fat in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't want to not get that in there. Hi, how you doing? Happy Monday. Uh, Some big stories. Yeah. Big stories Mm -hmm. uh, making the rounds today. First of all, if you've got a couple extra bucks laying around, you don't know what to do with it. And who doesn't? Right? Oh, I mean, everybody's man. got cash just right. laying around. What should we invest in? Well, Rolling Stone magazine is up for sale. Uh, so that's not a bad deal. That might huh. be fun to own, right? right. Uh, 
Uh, Winner is putting the stake up for publication. Uh, New York. Now, who, I didn't realize that uh, the uh, Wenner and his son recently sold the media's other two magazines, Us Weekly and Men's Journal. Wow. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. To a Singapore-based music tech company called Bandlab Technologies. I just think it would be cool so, to, come on. to take Rolling Stone and turn it into some conservative icon magazine from here on out. So that, you know, 30 years from now when people are referring to Rolling Stone, it just comes to mind, oh, that's a conservative publication. So they're just, uh, both father and son said, you know, we'd like to continue working at the magazine, but that decision would be up to the new owner. Who would buy a magazine of any kind? Rolling Stone know. or otherwise at this point? Well, Rolling Stone has got it's some over. iconic value. Though, it's right? over. No, it's over. <laughs> well, well the, when you, know, you think of it as a it's ma- over. when you th- it's when over. you think of it as a magazine, like uh-huh. your thing, like the magazine you get out of the shelf, yes, right off the it's rack. Over. Those are done. But Rolling I guess Stone you could, itself you could continue would as, be is, is got as an online iconic, publication. Yeah. I guess. I mean, that's got some iconic worth, right? Uh, no, uh, it really doesn't. No, it has almost no worth to me. I mean, I don't care. Write about music. How about that? And even the music they write about is elitist and nonsense. <laughs> when do they? They never. No, they I, never to, have to Rolling Stone. No, they have not. Any music I would like would be considered oh, so beneath them. Oh, gosh. Any music that I think is rhythmic or harmonic <laughs> and forget good. It. Oh, forget. forget it. <laughs> forget it. <laughs> it's just, it's not. No, no way. No. No way. And then, they're, they're looking for Captain Beefheart. Uh, well, first of all, don't start bad-mouthing Captain Beefheart. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what Cap- they want. Captain Beefheart is... Uh, they're looking for a- Echo and the Bunnymen. They're the Dead <laughs> Kennedys. All right. these... All that... It's garbage. Dead Kennedys, Winnebago Warrior is a classic. I mean, oh, well. On. Of course. Tell me that's not we, good. That's not good. That's Tell not me it's good. not good. It's, you, know, it, you can't. It's not good. You can't. That's what I thought. You can't. Jeffy, it's not good. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. you. It's not good. <laughs> Like I said, you can't. All right, so uh, we have uh, the totals in for uh, Barack Obama's vacations. And I know we're through with Barack. But I was thinking that, <laughs> oh, you know, Trump now, I mean, we've got, uh, we're already. This is worth a mention, though. With because... Donald Trump and Pence already spending between them, uh, you know, seven. $4 million and $7 million each, uh, you know, separately on travels already. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's four million from Trump, and then it's seven, seven million for, combined. For Pence, yeah. Combined. Oh, combined with combined. with both of them, right? Okay, yeah. uh, that that makes it a little bit better to swallow. Mm-hmm. Still a lot of money already. But wait, has, has, has it taken them nine months to do the math to add up all these numbers that Barack Obama spent? Yeah, yes. well, they had to they had to <laughs> keep uh, requesting different uh, Freedom of Information Acts wow. uh, to get different departments. Brutal. The totals from different departments. Mm-hmm. Right. What, so what did the Marxists leave? You've got way? the Obama family vacation to Martha's Vineyard. In 2016, that cost over two million, almost three. Obama's trip to L.A. in October uh, for two campaign fundraisers. Glad we had to pay for that. An appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live. That's, that's just wrong. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> sure just is. plain wrong totally. to pay for his campaign. Uh, it stops. I, There's sure no is. reason we should do that. No reason. So and then you've got the vacations to Ohio. So the total, the grand total. All right. Let's go to the board. That's a drum roll. Tote board. Uh-huh. 
$105,662,975.27. And I bet you that's low. Good thing he's such a warrior for the middle class. (laughs) I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior for the middle class. (laughs) No kidding. Good thing he's so about income equality. (laughs) Hold on a second. Because he only spent $105 million of our money on vacations. You just reminded me of something when you said we should not be paying for you know a campaign stop it just occurred to me as you were saying that you know when you're filling out your taxes and that screen comes up would you like to donate to the presidential campaign oh, yeah. fund and every time you're like hell no and click that and keep moving on with your life i wonder how much money actually comes in for that fund every year from people there's like oh absolutely i want to be a part of democracy i'm sure it's a lot oh, I, I, bet look that up. Mm-hmm. I bet it's a lot too because i mean uh, i love D- democracy the IRS and paying taxes oh, okay. and sure. i love checking that box thing yes please mm-hmm. or, right. or please <laughs> does, that help you, does that help you get out of a, a potential audit? Uh, before we get to uh i know you were talked a little bit about the emmys you touched on the emmys a little bit but look you know i you know i didn't watch it this year because they've become agonizing but the reason that you watch it and i know if you have an opportunity just uh uh google jane fonda on the red carpet you know, 2017 Emmy, she looks absolutely nothing like Jane Fonda. I mean, she needs to knock off the knife a little. Lay back, Jane, okay? You've gone too far. A couple more. I mean, you got a lot of cash, and you're not quite clown face, but you're close. I mean, stop, okay? Who's ever telling you you look good, fire them, okay? Because you don't. Let's move on. Okay. You're not 20 anymore, Jane. You're like 70. You've had a couple of hip replacements, Let's take it easy. And she's got the big star right there, the big show with uh, that they won the won the Emmys for. That's what they're so proud of. But it's it's enough. And she's more than seventy. Uh, Jane Fonda, yeah, she's probably what seventy three, seventy four now, uh, something like that. I, I don't know. She's got to be late seventies, I would think. <laughs> Seriously, with she's that, old. Well, I tell you, from the from the neck up, she doesn't look it. I'll tell you that. Jane Fonda is. Uh, is uh, she is seventy nine years old? No, seventy nine. So you, wow, yeah, that mm-hmm. is. I mean, she's almost at the big eighty. Well, yeah. I'm, and eighty's tough to take. Yeah, you know, when you, I turned you eighty, probably you remember those days. Right? I do. When I turned eighty, it's a it's a hard one. Did Grover Cleveland give you a call that's to a hard, congratulate you? It's a hard happened? one. <laughs> Nobody gives him a call. But no. they love to play dress up. Mm-hmm. You know that's what they do. They all love to get together. Yeah, they got the, and... the reun- reunification of the of the nine to five girls. Yes, yes, and then, and of course, you know that's that was the big deal too because uh, of course Jane and uh, what's her face, not Dolly Parton, but the other one, has to uh, you know slam Trump during when they're up on stage. I mean, okay, what they say about like it. it. She uh, was uh, who's the other one? Not not Jane Fonda, but the there's Jane um, and Dolly Parton. And yeah, the, the, I don't remember. Ah, we, right we were watching football. I, can't, last I think night, of her man. stupid name. Anyway, she Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Mm. She uh, was the one who said in our movie Nine to Five, we worked for this uh, you know big brute white male businessman that we couldn't work for anymore, and and now it's 2017, and the country's working for that same guy or something like that. Mm. That's not a yeah. Here's a th- that's okay, not a stop. thing, Lily. That's not a thing. Uh, <laughs> America doesn't work for the president. So cute was, that you said that, but that's not a thing. Maybe you should go back to to a civics class and 
learn a couple of things because you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Jeez, these people. I, I want to give you the numbers on this uh, IRS stuff here. In 1977, about 29% of taxpayers checked off the box to contribute $3 of their taxes towards the fund. The level dropped to 19% by 1992 and dropped further to only 6% of Americans donating in 2013. Wow. A couple of reasons were cited for the decline. One, a misunderstanding that checking the box would increase the tax liability. And another cited, this is your reason, All right. is apathy toward the political process. That's where we're at. Of course. Ding, and ding, another ding, thing ding. that really ticked me off about the Emmys is mm-hmm. that uh, one of the top shows, uh, you know, I mean, Walking Dead, I'm, I'm a little, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, you like I'm it? a little prejudiced to How that did show. It do? How did it but do? they uh, were only nominated for one Wow. One really? Emmy. And what was that? The prosthetic makeup for a series, limited You've series, movie, g- or special. Prosthetic? They got an <laughs> Emmy nomination and for prosthesis? Prosthetic makeup oh, for man. a series, limited series, movie, or special. That's their one nomination wow. category. And they wow. lost. Wow. And they lost. They lost to Alec Baldwin. For his Saturday Night Live appearance oh, as Donald Trump. <laughs> Come on, wow. that's amazing. But you had uh, um, pretty. It was pretty fascinating to see who won the uh, HBO twenty nine, Netflix twenty. I mean, those are the top two winners. HBO and Netflix twenty nine and twenty. Yeah, Shh. I mean that's pretty impressive. That's that's good. I, I know mean, it shows how much television has changed too. The networks just they're left out of this. They're I mean. You look at the outstanding drama series, The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. What, what channel is that on? Uh, that's no idea. Amazon or Hulu, I think. it's Yeah. So the, Amazon, yeah. So the nominees were Better Call Saul, The Crown, uh, The Handmaid's Tale, which won, House of Cards, Stranger Things, which I liked, uh, but that's a Netflix those thing, are all, too. Those are all not, This Is Us is the only one I recognize yeah. as a network show, and that's yeah. on NBC. NBC and, and NBC came in third, actually, in the... In the winners categories for uh, for winners, I think they had like oh. fifteen or something. Outstanding comedy went to Veep. That's on the network, right? No, that's HBO. It is. Huh? Yeah, Veep is HBO. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Outstanding lead actor went to Sterling K. Brown um, for This Is Us. I don't know yeah, who Sterling that, K. Brown is. Well, that's that, that's the uh, I think Sterling isn't he the the one black guy in the This Is Us show? That's possible. Have, have you watched know. any of that? No. It's, well, yes, uh, I've watched two episodes. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of agonizing. Yeah, I don't. Just, I haven't been that impressed. My daughter loves it. And she's I know, trying to get so my wife my, and I to watch. I know my wife so. watches it, and she, you know, ugh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Outstanding supporter, supporting actor in a drama series went to John Lithgow for The Crown, which is another was, was HBO it, or Netflix uh, or Amazon. Uh, one of those. I can't remember who does that, but that's not a network, and he was great uh, as. Uh, um, Who's the English? I can't remember the guy's stupid name now, but he was great in it. I don't watch. I can't remember the, anything. Who's the, the somebody from England? Churchill. No, oh, Winston Churchill. Yeah, Churchill. Oh, okay. oh he was Winston yeah, Churchill. He was really good. Oh, okay. Um, have you watched The Handmaid's Tale? Yes. Is what it's a what's yeah. it about? Yeah, what um, is it about? It's the end of time. You know, the end of hmm. the struggles. The world's coming apart. It's an apocalyptic new, thing. New world order. Is it good? Uh, I. Lost interest. I mean, it won a bunch of awards. That's because last it, night. that's because it's uh, no boobs or something. It's new. It's got yes. That's why you lost interest. There's nudity. Oh, there is. There, oh, yes. Oh, how'd you there lose are, interest then? It's, uh, it's you feel it? I just lost interest. Huh. But yeah. I watched it. I mean, it, it's okay. I mean, it was, you it need was a plot. Good. I don't know that. 
Look, I think a Game of Thrones, they said, was released too late for these Emmys. They should have been nominated. They were not nominated for anything. Released too late? That's been out a while. I mean, well, what? the seasons. You know, the seasons. And, uh, hmm. you know, okay. I mean, Game of Thrones and Walking Dead, two of the biggest shows on television, and they get uh, they lose a prosthetics award? Stop it. Yeah, and Come they're not now. nominated for best series nothing, at all. Nothing. 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 So, I mean, Zero. That's enough. Enough already, you know. All right, what else you got? And we, we might as well get to. Well, let's let's go ahead and just break the ice on this. All right. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, let's let's. This do week's it. this week's misery index. Oh, right. it's high. Number one, it's a high misery but, index. Number, well, I, to be fair, are we talking the football? Misery? We are talking about the football, <laughs> football misery index. But we are. But to be fair, it's about nine uh, billion three hundred million. BYU BYU comes under the miserable but not quite miserable enough uh, tally. Uh, oh, somebody actually compiled this? Uh, yes, the five most miserable this week. Uh, oh. Nebraska. Number five? LSU. Okay. Tennessee. My Missouri Tigers. Oh, my gosh, are they so bad. Who'd they lose to? They lost to Purdue. Oh, Purdue's, Purdue's decent, good. though. They're Purdue's good. Yeah, but Missouri's good. got no business. Yeah, I, I know. Missouri's Bottom sucks. of the barrel of a Big Ten. No. Yeah. Uh, Kansas, but BYU is uh, right up there and the miserable, but not quite miserable enough. Oh no, they're miserable enough. I mean, I mean, I, is, I know you know this probably doesn't have widespread nationwide appeal. Well, except look, to college football certainly me. does. Um, but I, this has been the worst. Season, and my wife is always saying, "You always say that." No, I don't. No, I don't. No, think last so. year was great. I mean, we were on the we were on the edge of a tremendous yes. season. Eight points away from an unbeaten year where we went. And the gone. year before that too, right? The year and before, the year before, before played, that was The year great. before that was when we played when you played Missouri, right? Yeah. When we played you there uh-huh. in Kansas City, and we were tough. Was, yeah, we played some really good teams. Played them tough. Won some of those games. Yeah. This year we're not winning anything because they are not good. This is a bad. In fact, this is a terrible team. Nebraska's they, worse. They can't move the ball. Yeah, but they haven't. They can't stop anybody. Hmm. They can't do. Anything and the hype going into the season right. was like, and I totally bought into it. I mean, I know it looked hook, good. as seen on TV, man. I purchased, I, I purchased it. your product. Pat. Yeah, you did. I purchased your product. I sold you a bill of but goods. The only people look BYU is expected to be good. Uh-huh. Nebraska, the only people that expected them to be good are out in the cornfields. Okay, so oh. we, let's, let's <laughs> that's where we're at. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had hope. We had hope just as well. Um, and, and boy, it's been I, rough. I, Plus, we won't know Nebraska until they play somebody really good like Ohio State. Like BYU's no. already played no. LSU. We've already played and Wisconsin. Okay. LSU, okay. who crushed BYU, yes, got crushed this weekend. I know that's so by painful. a team that well, doesn't BYU play that team? Yes, in two mm. weeks. Okay, yes. that could be we a play long Mississippi State weekend. Mississippi. Okay, <laughs> BYU lost to LSU twenty-seven nothing. We didn't get past. The fifty yard. Yeah, line. no, that twenty seven nothing. It was worse than I that. I mean, that was an embarrassment, yeah, an absolute um, embarrassment. So then, <laughs> two weeks later, LSU <laughs> plays Mississippi State, who we play in two weeks, and loses thirty seven to seven. That makes uh, that makes a potential score like four hundred oh, yeah. to nothing against BYU when they play Mississippi State. I think you know what? Oh, I think gosh. you're going to say, "Please take a knee. Please take a knee. Take Don't a break four hundred. Don't break four hundred. <laughs> stay at three ninety nine. Stay at three ninety nine. 
I just, I don't know what to do. I, and, you know, and it's sad to see a, a storied program. I mean, we've got a great program like BYU. There's a great program in Nebraska, too. I mean, and they just have been down for a long time. Okay, hold They've on a second. been down a long time. I'm going to make a prediction. Over the course of um, October 7th through October 14th, those are back-to-back weeks, when Nebraska plays Wisconsin and Ohio State University you won't win those games. in Lincoln. Yeah, you will. I'm in gonna, Lincoln? In Lincoln, both games. I'm going to still predict that we're going to be outscored that those two weekends 120 to 30. <laughs> All right, hang on to that. And we'll mm-hmm. see how close that is. Yeah, no kidding. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's Pat Gray. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Of course, the Emmys. I just don't care. <laughs> I mean, I've, I don't watch hardly any of these shows. I uh, it, outstanding reality competition. I've seen The Voice a few times. It's the it was the winner last night. The Voice, Top Chef, RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm surprised I didn't win because that would be so politically correct. Project Ru- Runway, American Ninja Warrior, and The Amazing Race were the nominees in The Voice. Ones one. I mean, that's a decent show. Um. Some of these others, like the outstanding uh, directing for a comedy series, writing, all this, the, these series, I've never seen any of them. Silicon Valley, Atlanta, Veep, never seen any of them. Uh, oh, I have, I did see Stranger Things. Then there was Westworld, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Better Call Saul, and The Americans, never seen any of them. Uh and and the same thing happens with the Academy Awards. Same thing happens with with the Oscars. I I don't know any of those movies. Then some obscure thing always wins. They're just not in touch with people, right? They're not in touch with the American people, and I think they like it that way. And so their ratings continue to decline, and they continue to self congratulate. And I guess everybody's happy. Let's go to Sarah in Texas. Hi, Sarah. You're on uh, with Pat Gray. Hi, Pat. Hi, Pat. Thank you for taking my call. Mm -hmm. I really love the show. Thank you. Um, Well, uh, I was actually just calling because I was I was thinking about all the stuff that's happening with with Antifa. And a lot of the people seem like they are like college aged people, you know, and I go I go here to uh, university in Abilene Mm -hmm. and I really can't help but notice that like, you know, except for like even my cell biology classes or something like that, like my Spanish class, the, you know, any of the natural sciences, especially government and all those other classes I've been taking, they don't, none of the teachers explain the benefits of, you know, capitalism, you know, free market, that sort of stuff. And I find myself like I'm alone, you know, raising my hand and saying, you know, I don't know, you know, I raise my hand and I'm all alone saying, you know, but maybe a free market solution would be good, you know? And so I'm just kind of saying like, I really, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with all these people I'm graduating with, you know, and Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. That's all I wanted to say. You know, it, it's frightening. Uh, appreciate the call. Thanks, Sarah. It, it is frightening because, yeah, the prevailing theory is that socialism is the nice political system. Socialism is is all about equality. It's for everybody. And we've um, we've. 
played that socialism ad that I guess uh, extols the virtue of socialism. And your opinion is socialism a good? That's not it. Um, it's not that. Yes, good. it's so good. Here it is. Capitalism. Oh, it's it what is. gives us two hundred kinds of this. cars, four million kinds of apps, and yeah. fifty-seven kinds of Hemsworths. But what is it exactly? Capitalism is a man-made economic system based on profit. Oh. It takes wealth and resources mm. away from the public and puts it in the hands of private capitalists. No. A few become That's enormously wealthy on the backs of the many. This consolidated control of profit and... A few become enormously successful. We did the math uh, last week on this, and it was 13 million? Correct. 13 million millionaires? Correct. In the United States of just America. Just a few, It's just a few. On, 13 million Hundreds, I think it was 565 billionaires and 13 million millionaires. That's not, that, I mean, how many people are making six figures plus? Look into that too, Keith. Yes, See if we can find that. Okay. I mean, a few? Political power leads to extreme inequality. Uh-huh. These factors all make capitalism profoundly alienating, which is why everyone and everything seems so distant, so um, hopeless. Everything so doesn't odd. seem hopeless. Thanks, capitalism. But there's another way. Democratic socialism. Democratic socialism. I know, I know socialism. you probably think democratic socialism is for uh-huh. strong men with elaborate mustaches and French yeah. college students. I do. It is. It is. Because okay. democratic socialism is for, for everyone. everybody. Yeah, democratic okay. socialism fights inequality by giving power does. back to the workers through unions and true representation. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It fights inequality by making everybody equally miserable. That's what it does. By making everybody equally poor. By the state coming down on their citizens... And taking away their freedom and taking away their opportunities to succeed and become one of the 13 million millionaires that we have in the United States of America. (laughs) Socialism and and resulting communism uh, have, have killed 100 million people on this planet. 100 million. Socialism, you might recognize that. As the first word in, uh, well, okay, it's the second word in national socialism. National socialism. See, how would you shorten that a little bit so you didn't have to say two long words? Oh, that's right. Nazi. It was the, the Nazis were national socialists. They were socialists. They made everything good for everybody. Really? I mean, it's ludicrous what these people are trying to sell to the young people. And so Sarah's right. I mean, I there's scant few defenders of capitalism anymore. Nobody knows how to defend it or why or if they even should because it's just not being taught to our kids. It's just not being taught. And it has to be. It must be. By the way, one in five American households earn $100,000 or more per year. Wow. It takes money from uh, just a few people make money. Really? There's tens of millions of people make doing really well under capitalism. Ray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Here on the Blaze Radio Network. And thank you for being here as well. 888 900 3393. It's Pat Gray. 
Uh, big story about Obama going from the White House to Wall Street in less than a year. Um, uh, Obama is coming to Wall Street following a path that's well-trod and well-paid. While he can't run for president, he continues to be an influential voice in a party torn between celebrating and vilifying corporate power. Isn't that the truth? His new work with banks might suggest which side of the debate he'll be on and disappoint anyone expecting him to avoid a trap that snared Hillary Clinton. Or, as some of his executive friends see it, he's just a private citizen given a few paid speeches to do other successful to other successful people while writing his next book. So he's he's obviously going to be paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, for these speeches. I mean, do you, I don't know if people understand how much money there is to be made doing these speeches, but they're paid like if you've been in a really high political office and then you go on the speaking circuit. I mean, you can make four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a speech. If you have to go a long way, it might be a million dollars per speech. But don't you think that at a certain point you've made enough money? It, it, I don't. Right. But Barack Obama does. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you would think at some point he's made enough money. You'd think. You would think. You'd but think. apparently not. Because um, the guy made a ton. He made a fortune from his books. Um for a while, he was making like $5 million a year because of the benefits, the uh, the money that was coming in from his books. But he's going to be paid around $400,000 per, per speech for now. Which, you know, at some point, you've made enough money. Uh, apparently not at the point of $400,000 for an hour. $400,000 an hour. That's decent. That's above minimum wage, I'm thinking, ever so bit. slightly. A little bit. Ever so slightly above minimum wage. <laughs> Meanwhile, the claim is that Republicans are getting closer to repealing Obamacare. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> what? Trump, what? Trump care is back, and the Senate GOP has until September 30th to pass their bill. We need your voices more than ever. Under the plan, Obamacare money that pays for an expansion of Medicaid and that subsidizes coverage for many of those who buy insurance on the exchanges would be pooled and instead given to states as block grants. The states would tailor the money to their own health care plans. This bill would immediately repeal Obamacare's individual mandate. So this is what they're working on right now. All right. Requiring people to get coverage or pay a tax, and it's rule requiring large employees to provide coverage or face crippling penalties. It also scraps the 2010 law, uh, the tax, the law's tax on medical device sales. There are people coming out regularly and saying they're for it, either privately or, or publicly. But Senator Rand Paul is staunchly opposed to this new bill, lengthening the odds of success as his party continues to struggle with its seven-year promise now to scrap the affordable care act and they voted when they weren't in power when they could do nothing about it when obama was you know in the way and could veto any bill they passed they passed it what 50 times 50 plus times to repeal repeal obamacare and now they can't do it once it just shows you they were never serious Mm -hmm. never serious 
Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Also, uh, uh, actually, it's triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. There, oh. I think that's the first time I've actually said the old number. Yeah, I don't know, uh, and if completely. you have, I just missed it. Yeah, it's the first just, time. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Dude, is actually right? the number. D e w d. Dude. Yeah, it does spell out D e w d, which you could say is dude. Uh, Good. Let's go to Philip in North Carolina. Philip, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hi. How are you? Uh, Good. I just want you to know I've been just started watching you, and I think it's pretty great. Thank you. Appreciate but I'd it. I'd like to go back to uh, Jane Fonda. Okay. And the 70s. Uh-huh. Uh, when we came back from Vietnam, we were labeled baby killers, and I remember pictures mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, remember the clotheslines that used to go around in a circle? Yes. They had hung babies. He put pictures of babies up there and had us killing them. Now, listen, I... I we used to have a nickname for her called Hanoi Jane. Mm-hmm. She's one of the worst people I've ever seen in this country. When you destroy the people that are going overseas to protect your rights, and you call them mm-hmm. these things, and when they come home, I got spit on, thrown rocks at, couldn't get a job, nobody would talk to you, mm. nothing was happening. And, and she forged everything in Hollywood by putting this big facade out there that we were the ones destroying it. I was a special forces paramedic. I can tell you, we, we used to go into villages and inoculate uh, the children and the wives and things and everything. Yeah. We'd come back the next day. The VC would have cut their arms off or their legs off, put them in a pile and burned them. That's what they did to their own people. Mm. We didn't do that. Right. But she blamed us for that. Anyway, the, she I was absolutely despicable. She was absolutely despicable in the sixties and seventies, Philip. There's no, there is no question about it. She was also pictured on that howitzer where she straddled the howitzer, and they took a photo of her yeah. on a uh, yeah. on an um, aircraft gun where they shot down American pilots, and she sat on that aircraft gun. I mean, you're right. It's despicable. It is really despicable. Um, appreciate the call. Thanks a lot, Philip. There's also reports that she actually. She actually uh, turned on the soldiers that she went to talk to. The the uh, she went and talked to some POWs, and there's reports that uh, she lied to them on behalf of the North Koreans or uh, or the North Vietnamese. Um, just uh, uh, unbelievable stuff. And you know, it, it's I don't know how much of it now is urban legend and how much of it is actual fact, but we do know she did a lot of despicable things for which she has sort of half-heartedly apologized lately. Um, but just to save her own career, I'm sure. 888 Yeah, I mean, it's it's really a shame that our Vietnam vets were treated that way. And uh, thank you for your service. It's, uh, you know, it's despicable what happened to them when they came back. And we, you know... Glenn and I used to talk about the fact when the first Gulf War started, and it was kind of the first war since Vietnam to really have a chance to try to make a difference. We we vowed we would not we would not be a party. We would do everything we could to help our military uh, come back as heroes, as the heroes that they really are, and that's what we should all be trying to do. Is you know make sure that. They feel our gratitude when they come back, not our outrage. You hear these guys are going over there fighting for the freedom of, this, of the South Vietnamese 
which South Vietnam obviously doesn't even exist anymore. Um, and then they're treated like garbage when they get back. It's just unbelievable. 888 It's Pat Gray. Also, uh, the NFL players, it wasn't enough to just take a knee during the national anthem. That's not enough anymore. We're not getting enough notice. We're not getting enough press on that. So now they're going out to the field and doing some of this nonsense. The NFL would probably prefer the players would now just stop, but I don't think they're going to get their wish. If anything, it's getting a little bit worse. Seahawks defensive end Michael Bennett, who is among the ranks of NFL players to sit during the anthem, celebrated a sack yesterday afternoon with a single raised fist, like the black power fist. Bennett was the first Seattle player announced during pregame introductions before the home opener against the 49ers and received one of the loudest ovations. Yeah, it's great. The Seattle crowd loves his protest. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Then he took what's become his usual seat on the bench during the national anthem. Yeah, good for him. You just like to see him taking a stand. No, wait. That's the opposite. Oh, that's right. He sat down. Taking a seat. (laughs) Sorry. Continue. Protesters supporting Bennett, who says he was subjected to racial profiling and excessive force when Las Vegas police detained him last month, gathered outside the stadium. So he's obviously hacked off. He's mad at police. And I don't know. I mean, that looked like an iffy situation, but I don't know all the details. I wasn't there. I haven't seen the tape of what preceded and what, what was in the aftermath. You just see a brief moment where it looks like there could have been a problem. Seattle center Justin Britt and running back Thomas Rawls stood next to Bennett, each with a hand on his shoulder as he raised his fist. Teammates Cliff Avril and Frank Clark also sat with Bennett for the final moments of the anthem. And again, I don't understand the protest of the national anthem. What does that have to do with the police? In that they're part of our country, I guess. Uh, you know, I. Why are you protesting the national anthem? It's the symbol of, you know, patriotism. Do you just hate the country? I I, I don't fully understand this. Uh, out of work quarterback Colin Kaepernick is generally credited with starting this trend. Of course, uh, his movement, which many believe cost him his job has grown this season with offshoots of the protest forming, including players showing solidarity by putting their hands on each other's backs during the anthem. Bennett's raised fist, however, is the first instance of a player seeming to protest during the game. While the NFL battles declining ratings and negative perception surrounding the protest uh, that's going on, the league office can't be excited to see this going to the field of play. Yeah, it uh, can't be a thrill for them. I wonder what fans of these teams, particularly the Seahawks in this case, I wonder how they're feeling right about now. Well, I don't know. They gave him a large ovation. Apparently, okay. according to this article, the yeah. loudest ovation. I didn't watch the Seattle game because I don't care about the Seahawks. Yeah, it sucked anyway. But uh, they gave them the loud, him, supposedly, the loudest ovation. The, you know, the liberals in Seattle, maybe they love this. I, I just think it's despair. Just play football. Seriously. Shut up and play football. And, and in his case, if if he has a righteous cause and standing up to perhaps, you know, police brutality or whatever happened to him, then, you know, you're not going to endear yourself to more support if you're running around making the black power symbol after you sack a quarterback. 
No, you're not. That's not going to endear you to anybody. Well, somebody. The Black Panthers will love it, I suppose. Maybe the NAACP will like it. Maybe the NCAA will like it. I don't know. Maybe the Carolina Panthers will like it. It's possible. Uh, but I, I, I just think it's silly. And it's got nothing to do with football. And nobody wants to see this stuff during a football game. And that is evident in the declining ratings. And then when you're sitting on the sidelines and you're not making $12 million a year anymore because nobody's watching your stupid protest and nobody's watching your game because they're sick and tired of your nonsense during the game, then you're going to wonder what happened to your career. Hey, why am I not making $12 million a year anymore playing a game? I mean, what what a country where you can play this game and make that kind of money doing it. And then you protest during it. I mean, oh, it's it's infuriating. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray coming up. This is Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Pat Gray. 888 uh, This is kind of interesting. CR list of... Uh, who's CR? That's conservative the... Review. Conservative Review. Okay. Conservative Review's list of the top 25 rhinos. Republicans in name only. Uh, coming in at number one on the list is John McCain, who gets an F on the Liberty score, 33%. Number two, Lisa Murkowski, who gets 22%. Susan Collins, number three, Mitch McConnell at four, and yes, Senator Orrin Hatch at number five. It's your buddy there. Also gets an F from Conservative Review. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's coming up for re-election next year, and he's been in office since the dawn of time. So is he he's gonna... been he's been in office since before Charlemagne was in power. Whoa. Yeah. Really? It's, Wait. It's time for him to go. Okay, because Charlemagne was a long time ago. Sure, he was a long, I don't sure. more than ten years ago. But no, <laughs> more than ten. More, wait, you should, wait, hold. Whoa. I know that's too long. Okay. It's too long. Did you want to give a guess on the year? How long he's been in? <laughs> well, so I, I did. It's over ten years. Okay, no, hold on. This is an honest <laughs> question. Check this out. I just thought of something. Does that mean that Orrin Hatch and I'll look and see who all is going to be up uh, in the Senate mm-hmm. at least? Mm-hmm. Does this mean he's going to be voting more conservative for the next year, and we should take advantage of that um, because the Senate uh, is a hard no. place to get? No, that's not what that means. Dang it. No. <laughs> then you got Lamar Alexander, Lindsey Graham, Jeff Flake, Paul oh. Ryan, Kevin McCarthy. This is great. I mean, it's a great list. Thad Cochran, Peter King, Rob Portman. Thad Cochran doesn't know what he is anymore, man. That's for sure. Oh, boy. I'm not sure he even knows if he's wearing shoes right now. He may not be wearing shoes right now. Uh, Rob Portman used to be more conservative than this, I think, but he's 13th mm-hmm. now on, on the Rhino list. And then John Cornyn, who, oh. who was elected as a... Do you remember this, Keith? Because you were <laughs> with me in 2001, and he was elected in 2001 or two. What? No, 2000 or 2002, I can't okay. remember. But he was really conservative at the beginning. John Cornyn was a really good senator at first, but it didn't take long. Yeah. Like 15, 20 minutes. And he was a rhino. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you got Richard Burr, Bob Corker, Don Young, Shelley Capito, 
Uh, Tom Cole, Harold Rogers, mm-hmm. some of these people you've probably never heard of. Ileana Ross Latinen, uh, and yeah, some more people you don't know. So, mm-hmm. um, time to get rid of the rhinos. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let's go to William in Nevada. Hi, you're on with Pat Gray. Hey Pat, how you doing? Doing good. Um, um, I was told told a call a screen caller uh, that basically um, I I'm a, uh, in the VA system and I so I'm very critical about health insurance and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, what I was telling them that they, um, if you can tell uh, like Louis Gomer or somebody. The, the answer to the poor in this country is we have all these clinics set up for uh, 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 abortions. Why don't we use them for uh, uh, clinics for the poor, have these uh, uh, students coming out that are doctors and, and nurses and let, the, uh, let them volunteer a day a week and to work off their um, student loans and everybody everybody's happy they get their care and uh, uh, mm-hmm. these uh, uh, doctors get to work off their their their, uh, their um, student loans uh, that'd be nice I don't see it happening but it would be nice thanks William appreciate it there's no way you're going to convert the the abortion clinics like Planned Parenthood uh, away from being the abortion mills they are into something that's actually contributes to society. Uh, there's just too much money in the abortion business. And that's, that's why these Democrats and, and these people are so obsessed with abortion. They can't, I mean, uh, it just brings in too much money for them. Uh, Gene in Idaho. Hi, you're on the blaze. How are you doing? Good. I love your show. Thank you. And I do have a way to bring uh, North Korea down to its knees. Okay. I would take and send in SEAL Team 6 and uh, put limpet mines on all their naval boats and uh, submarines and on all their bridge spans. And then I would also sneak some men in next to their statues and famous, you know, public places and have pictures with Americans holding up flags in the middle of the night and then put them on flyers and drop them all over their country. And it would show how impotent their leaders really are. Wow. Yeah. we can get you at any that time. Way we don't cause any any problem. Right. <clears throat> we can use old Soviet limpet mines and deny it was us. Mm-hmm. So hmm. there'd be no, you know, proof. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Just go in and mess with them a little bit overnight. Yeah, start messing with their heads mm-hmm. because uh, dictators only have power as long as they have fear. Well, if you show them that they're not as great as they think they are, then. Then they don't have the power. Yes, they have no yeah. power. Appreciate it. Thank and you. Mm-hmm. I would also like to say that uh, if I was a woman, I'd like to have Jeffy's baby. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and no. I, I have a uh, large collection of KGB and MVD badges from the old Soviet days. Uh-huh. And I'd sure love to show them to Glenn. All right. Yeah, I bet he'd love to see him. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Gene. Oof, I don't know what he said I, after I, the Jeffy I know. baby talk. Uh, if he was a woman, he'd like to have Jeffy's baby, yeah. and then he didn't even explain it. Well, I don't what? want him to explain it, man. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> what? Uh, Brad in North Carolina, you're on the blaze. Oh, that was disturbing. Was <laughs> hey, hey, Pat, I need to preface my uh, my statement uh, just by saying how much I respect you, and I seldom take a uh, a different position on issues than the ones that you hold. But okay, you're. 
assertion about the the uh, declining NFL viewership resulting from politics being introduced to the gridiron. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think you have to face reality. This is the reason people are tuning out is because of concern of concussions. <laughs> so I'm going to hang up now while you Wait. retract your statement and I'll be listening. All right, thanks. I, I thought friend. it because there weren't participation <laughs> trophies. <laughs> because of the concern of, of concussions. Right. Yeah, they just won't support this brutal sport <laughs> any longer. I can't, I can't abide one more concussed football player, so I'm not going to watch. Yeah, it's not something I'm hearing a lot, but hmm. maybe. Two-hand touch time, baby. It's coming. You know it's coming. It'll, it'll be within the next, what? Well, look at all the, all the steps they've taken. To, I mean, uh, you are, char- you are uh, given a penalty for targeting if like, your helmet goes anywhere on their body. Like, do you know how hard it is to tackle and not use? I mean, every single time to not have your helmet come in contact with their body anywhere? College is the worst when it comes to that. It's really they're, bad. they're injecting kids that I mean, like literally, just like you said, their helmet grazes a face mask incidentally. Yeah. Oh, you're out. Get 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 out. Right. And then they'll they'll do the replay and watch that for thirty seconds. They say, Yep, confirmed. Targeting confirmed. What? Really bad. It's it's, it's really bad. Yeah. And I don't want anybody to get a concussion either. No. I don't want brain injuries. Uh but wow, it's getting ridiculous. It's getting to the point where you almost can't play football anymore. Not tackle football. It, and you're right. It's it's getting to the point where it's going to be two hand touch or flag football, uh, and won't that be riveting? Mm-hmm. Alex in Utah, you're on with Pat Gray. Hi. Hey Pat, how's it going? Doing good. <clears throat> good. Um, I just want to say something about you know Colin Capper douche and Martellus <laughs> Bennett and all these guys. Yep. They want to if they don't like America, I don't see why they don't go play in some Britain. NFL, you know, National Britain Football League or something. <laughs> or, you know, maybe they might like somewhere in, I don't know, wherever. Go find somewhere else is what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, I, the, the money wouldn't be quite the same, I'm guessing. Uh, the sport wouldn't be quite the same. Really, this is the only Payment. place where we play football like like this, right? And Michael, yeah, yeah, pay him in Bitcoin. Maybe that'll work. Yeah. Oh, that. hey, hey. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. Michael Bennett just signed a three-year, $30.5 million contract with the Seahawks. I'm sorry. Say that one more time, please. Three years, $30.5 million. So he got a $8 million signing bonus. He got $14 million guaranteed and an average annual salary of $10,166,000. This is the guy who's doing the Black Power Fist Mm -hmm. to protest what? America? To protest police? Is the Black Power salute now a a protest of the police department Hmm. when he makes a sack? This is the country that brought you such wealth, you can't even imagine it. I mean, that's unimaginable wealth. $30 million and th- I'll take right. that salary. Well, that's good because I'll now Mr. Mr. Bennett can afford a good attorney. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, mm. these guys. I mean, I, I just... And I know Michael Benton, Bennett had a had a tough situation with the police. And I, I don't know what went on there. Yeah. I really don't. I, I have, no. have you seen the incident? No, I have not. Mm-mm. The claim is that... I don't know what the claim is. That he was... He was taken down by police because they knew who he was. And that's assuming you know who Michael Bennett is. Come on. Uh, does anybody really? And it wasn't in Seattle, I don't think. Las Vegas. 
It was in Leia. Yes, it was in Vegas. On the Strip. On the Strip in Vegas. Like these cops in Vegas know, hey, that's Michael Bennett. Let's take him down and hassle him because I, I don't like his protest. I, I think that's the allegation. I'm, I'm not even sure what the allegation is. Um, but it's pathetic. And and the, the protest against police is pathetic because they're citing all of these instances that were legitimate shootings. Um. They were legitimate. Some of them. Now, there's two or three that were not. But the cops have been charged in those cases with murder. Can I just say that I'm reading the details of his encounter with police? Yeah. I have had the exact same encounter, just different geography. Um, you know, they may, well, there was gun. Did they, did they put you down, though, and, and um, handcuff you? Well, here's, here's the biggest claim is they told mm. him to shut the F up before they blow your head off, before I blow your head off. Um, I have almost had the wow. same exact thing said to me verbatim by a Cobb County police officer. So, Did you uh, really? Yeah. That's a little frightening. Yeah. I mean, I can explain the situation, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean. Okay. Hmm. It's, a, it's a little different of a story, I guess, but, uh, you know, um, I mean, look, look, these guys, are. Th- this is a terrifying job. Just do what they say. Yeah. Literally. literally yes. If I had just exactly done what right. he said, then I wouldn't have been told that do. to begin with. What you're told. Good safety tip. 888-900-3393. Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Returns. We just did the Rhino list from Conservative Review. Here's the top 25 conservatives, actual conservatives in office. According to the Conservative Review, you will not be surprised to know that the number one conservative in office today is Senator Mike Lee from Utah. We love Mike Lee. Uh, Mark Meadows from North Carolina is number two. So Mike Lee has a 100% score, Liberty score. Meadows, 93%. Thomas Massey, mm-hmm. 97%. Rand Paul, 92%. He's number four. And number five, Jim Jordan, who has a 98% rating. Dave Bratt, I really like Dave Bratt. Um, a tremendous replacement to What's-His-Face. Oh, Remember yeah. The, uh, uh, Eric Cantor. Yeah, Eric yeah. Cantor. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100% rating. Yeah, he is a constitutional scholar, that man, Dave Bratt. Louis Gohmert also gets an A. He's number seven on the list at 98%. Ted Cruz, still hanging in there, 97%, good to know. Also gets an A. Justin Amash, 96%, gets an A. Jim uh, Bridenstine, also gets an A, 97%. Jeff Duncan from South Carolina, Paul Gosser of Arizona, Ron DeSantis, Ted Budd, Mo Brooks. Now, he's the economist, right, who was being interviewed on MSNBC and the woman... And he denied that there was a crash coming. And she, well, are you an economist? An economist? Yes, ma'am. Graduated with honors. <laughs> Highest honors. Highest honors. Mark Sanford. Mark Sanford is a good legislator. Yeah. Uh, he had some issues, as we all know, when he was governor of South Carolina. And he was carrying on with a woman who wasn't his wife from was it Argentina, I think. Yep. Why don't people let that die? Why did I have to say that? <laughs> 93%. He gets an A. 
Uh, then you got Gary Palmer, uh, Raul Labrador from uh, Idaho is a great representative. Steve King from Iowa, Ken Buck, Warren Davidson, Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, and so on. So I'm, I'm going to do really some math ones. here. You're going to love this. I'm going to get back to you uh, before the next segment, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take the the years in D.C. It has how many years they all spent in D.C. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the list of the rhinos. And the list of the conservatives. Um, there's something that really stands out. Is it's there a called, correlation, perhaps? Right. The longer you're in D.C., yeah. the less conservative you are. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Eddie in California. Eddie, you're on the blaze. Hi. Uh, well, I'm here, and uh, I, I'm listening to the show. I love the show. I can't understand you. why you're not making 14 or $400 million a year when Judge Judy's doing a TV show and she gets $400 million a year. You were speaking earlier about the uh, the cost incurred and uh, what these people make. Mm-hmm. Tell me, if you need $400 million a year, why can't your paycheck be $400 million a year and everybody else? I mean, it's just a TV show with uh, you're guilty, you're not guilty, and you're <laughs> somewhat arrogant and uh, and and uh, profound about issues that uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not a big deal. No, doesn't seem that tough. See getting four hundred million dollars a year to sit there and and give people uh, a ration of her. Uh, rhetoric you know appreciate the call thanks eddie judge judy is a one of the mysteries of life nobody knows why her show is successful nobody knows how she makes that kind of money nobody understands why this show is still on the air (laughs) i mean there's just that it is one of the great mysteries of life judge judy show i don't even know anybody who's ever watched it have you ever watched it i have never once seen a judge judy episode i probably haven't seen it in 15 years but, but you have I've seen, seen it. some of it yeah all right yeah. is it worth that kind of money i'm not sure she yeah. makes 400 million a year or 40 million a year i'm sorry i'm doing other math right now i'll get back on that one. okay uh jeremy in new mexico hi you're on the blaze hey uh first time listener long long time caller how you doing <laughs> doing good <laughs> hey i love love the show and uh, Thank you. uh i'm liking the things you guys are doing with the blaze Thanks. but uh i thought i'd uh help maybe uh dry up some of those uh, blue byu tears that you have that'd be nice um um, there was actually a good story that came out of the game last weekend that the uh, wisconsin fans were saying how great the people of provo and the people and the fans and the and everybody were to them uh when they came to the game expecting to be you know kind of roughed up and you know booed and things like that Mm -hmm. and they said how people just were friendly and and welcomed him in the stadium. There was actually two people who came who dressed up as uh, pretend uh, Mormon missionaries with white shirts and ties, and they made these little tags that said Wisconsin on them. It, uh, they said Elder Buckeye, and one said Sister Becky, and they had bicycle helmets on and stuff. And he said, and he said that all the BYU fans saw them, and they all wanted to come over and take pictures with them, and, and they thought it was the, the – they, they, they were like, wow, I couldn't believe how people uh, treated them there. Uh, that's great. Cool. That is nice. That is nice. I, you know, I'm glad to hear that because uh, I probably, I probably wouldn't have been so, so, so pleasant. 
When it's 40 to 6, I'm not going to be that pleasant. <laughs> they probably did this before the game started. I will say Nebraska fans uh, are the same way. They they, they treat uh, folks well. There was a lady who said that she had Wisconsin stickers on her car when they were leaving the game. She thought her car was going to be trashed mm. by the time she got there. And she said that when she got to her car, there were some BYU fans parked right next to her, and they said, wow, that was a good game. They're like, you guys could have gone easy on us or whatever, but, you know, it was a good game. And But, you know, just yeah. everybody was pleasant. That's nice. So, Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks a lot, Jeremy. I mean, that, yes, is a little... I guess that's something to take away from the weekend. <laughs> right, right. You're, something. You got nice fans. I understand that uh, from BYU fans that went to Nebraska for that game. Hmm. The Nebraska fans were very similar. Yeah, yeah, and y'all broke our hearts. There were, there were, yeah, and and we won it on last second uh, pass to win the game. Hail Mary! And the Nebraska fans were really good. So yeah, now I, I don't know how this played out, but I did see a headline over the weekend that said that uh, Provo bars are bracing for the arrival of Wisconsin fans, and that they they were afraid they would run out of alcohol. So I don't know uh, how uh, that probably run out up. of cheese before they run out of alcohol. Mm, okay, uh, let's go with Don in uh, in Georgia. You're on with uh, Pat Gray. Hi. Hey, Pat. Happy new show, buddy. Thank you. Hey, I was watching. I looked at the replay of uh, the Michael Bennett sack and getting, you know, giving me a uh, five-fifth sign. Yeah. I noticed that the quarterback for the Niners was white. And I'm just wondering if, if a white linebacker had sacked Russell Wilson and came up and did the high field sign from the Nazis. Would everybody be okay with that? Oh my gosh, no, no, they yeah. they would not. Uh, no, well, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, buddy. Yeah, yeah. appreciate the call, thanks, Don. Uh, yeah, Whitey's not afford not afforded the same. Uh, we're, they were not afforded the same slack as far as uh, demonstrations or protests that uh, Martellus Bennett or Michael Bennett would be. I did some math for you over here. Okay. You want to talk about the uh, the rhinos and the uh, conservatives? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Conservative Review went through and listed the top 25 Republican rhinos up in D.C., and it lists how long they were up there, okay, how long they've mm-hmm. been up in D.C. All right, so you take the number of years divided by 25. Um, n- the average uh, span, 19.24 years for a rhino, okay? 19 years. So wow. there you go, uh, 19 years now. You take the same list for conservatives, 25 divided by how many years they've collectively been up in D.C., mm-hmm. 5.16. Wow. Conservatives, five years. Oh, man. Rhinos, over 19 years. 14-year difference. Mm-hmm. So those 14 years. A lot happens. You're getting torn down as a conservative. Mm-hmm. And and you're just, you're, you're being rerouted. You better know what you believe before you go up. And they, I think they, a lot of them did know what they believed and then just stopped believing it. Uh, David Terrible. in North Carolina. Hi, you're on the blaze. Okay, this is David in North Carolina. I'd just like to say uh, about the Confederate statues, we would be willing to take them down and put them in a museum if you put up a statue of Jesus and the Ten Commandments in place of it. There shouldn't be no problem with that. <laughs> so why? Why not? Uh, it, it shouldn't be a problem, but you know it would be. Uh Appreciate the call, David. Uh, I don't, yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd just be a different group of people yelling about it. Eric in North Carolina, you're on the blaze. Hi. Yes. Good show. Great show, Pat. And, Thank you. And my topic is how how we have too many award shows on TV. I too, mean. Too many award I shows? Know. Yep. 
Okay. Yeah, I remember when there was time when you, you know you just got a few wardrobes and they meant something. But now our wardrobes now don't mean anything. All it is is just grandstanding and yeah, much crap. Yeah, just a lot of self congratulation and <laughs> and a lot of attacking people's values. Uh, middle America, no matter whether it's religious values or conservative political values or whatever it's just a lot of just a lot of bashing of the american people appreciate the call eric by these elites who think they know better than the little people i mean just one tedious moment after another there was there was one website um that compiled a list of the 10 most tedious left-wing moments in the show last night and number 10 they said stephen colbert uh talking about the evening to come and he uh, yeah, and then just my website went away. Okay, good. <laughs> that's that's convenient. <laughs> it's really helpful. That's really helpful. Okay, saying that Trump was certainly watching, taunting, looking forward to the tweets. At number nine, he then spent five minutes singling out Trump for criticism. The bit beginning with Trump evidently not winning an Emmy for The Apprentice. The lengthy section wrapped with a surprise cameo from the former White House press secretary, Sean Spicer, who praised the size of the crowd. You know, it was kind of a spoof of when he praised the size of the crowd of the inauguration. Uh, Then they cite Alec Baldwin, who won an award for his appearance on Saturday Night Live, where he lampooned Trump every week, said he and his wife had three kids in three years. But then he began portraying Trump on SNL. And the orange wig proved to be effective birth control. That's yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, comedian Kate McKinnon, who played Hillary Clinton on Saturday Night Live last season, sang a schmaltzy rendition of Leonard Cohen's Alleluia after Clinton's loss, used her acceptance speech to thank Clinton for your grace and grit. Oh, that's beautiful. It's, it's just amazing. The unanimity among the left, uh, among the, the Hollywood elites. I, how did this happen? Actress Lily Tomlin, who appeared alongside Dolly Parton and Jane Fonda, um, said, just like the 80s, we still refuse to be controlled by a sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical bigot. Meaning Trump, of course. I mean, it just goes on and on. John Lithgow, who won an Emmy. Uh, In these crazy times, Churchill's life, even as an old man, reminded us what courage and leadership in government really looks like. Come on. They wouldn't care about... I know. Winston and Churchill. they wouldn't have liked Winston Churchill The socialists either. kicked him. He was in there for World War II, and then they were like, you know what? We want some socialist policies now in Britain, so yeah. get out. They would hate his guts. Mm-hmm. After a lengthy interlude, during which the Television Academy, which runs the Emmys, congratulated itself for increasing number of gay and transsexual numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Okay. Winner, uh, Lena Waithe who directs Netflix Master of None and described herself as a queer black girl from the south side of Chicago, gave a shout out to her, my LGBTQIA family. Stop labeling yourself. We're not allowed to. Plus, how long is that going to get? It used to be LGB, then it was LGBT, Okay. then it was LGBTQ, And it was LGBTQI. I got to write this down. Now it's LGBTQIA. What the hell are I and A? We need a phone number. They can just spell it out. What? What is the I? L G 
LGBTQ. Interested? A? And what's the A? All right. You're going to make me Google this, aren't you? Oh. Wow. Comedian uh, Kamal Nanjiani mm-hmm. presented an Emmy, managed to work in a jab at Trump's border wall uh, <clears throat> while introducing the nominees. They also celebrate people who frantically race across international borders and those who can scale walls really, really quickly. In other words, the president's worst nightmare. <laughs> mm, okay. Oh, my <clears throat> goodness. It's so funny. Julia Louis-Dreyfus returned later in the show to an Accept Award for Veep. We did have a whole storyline about an impeachment, but we abandoned that because we were worried that someone else might get to it first. Oh, and Danny Glover, who is a, a, a stinking socialist. Thank you. Uh, won an award for Outstanding Director in a Comedy, sarcastically singled out Trump for thanks, saying with apparent sincerity, I want to thank Trump for making black people number one on the most oppressed list. Okay. Uh huh. He's the reason I'm probably up here. Trump has oppressed blacks in what way? In what stinking way? Just oh, lunacy. Hold on a second. Here, take this it's pencil. Lunacy. Okay. Take. So the I is now. Here we go. Let's start at the beginning. You know, let's be all inclusive. Lesbian, gay. Okay, you got that. Bisexual. Lesbian, bisexual. Trans. Uh huh. Queer. Queer. Okay. I is intersex. Intersex and A. I have to Google that one too. Uh, asexual. So we've got all the bases covered now. So it's LGBTQIA. Is there such thing as an asexual person? Uh, Morrissey claimed to be one back in the day. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Intersex people. Do you, do you know what? Because I, I don't know. I just had I to Google know. this. Intersex people are born with any of several variations in sex characteristics, including chromosomes, gonads, sex hormones, or genitals that according to the UN... Oh, that's where we need to go. That's the United Nations Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights quote, do not fit the typical definitions for male or female bodies. That's more information than I wanted to know. Uh, 888-933-93. More Pat Gray coming up. <laughs> Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Joe in Kansas. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hey, uh, yeah, I wanted to comment about the uh, the Michael Bennett incident okay. um, in, in Las Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. TMZ had a video of that incident that the police were responding to an active shooter at that club, and they ordered everyone to the floor so they could start weeding out, you know, what was going on. Okay. And he decided not to comply, so he ran outside. Well, the police outside didn't know who he was or if, in fact, he, he might have been the gunman. So they took him down until they could sort everything out. But TMZ's video uh, doesn't support anything about his claim about that. They yelled they were going to blow his head off. Really? Wow. Yep. Wow. So, so the police yeah, were so apparently was, actually in the right there they were just trying to sort out a mess oh, and they, yeah. they were unsure of who this guy was 
Yeah, you know, if they're called to an active shooter, mm-hmm. they they have no clue who it is. Yeah, you know, right? Uh, what kind of weapon he has? You know, he could have thrown it away. Um, so they were coming to an active shooter call that they had no idea who it was. Uh, if there were other people involved, they had no idea. So they were just trying to get to a point of control where they could start weeding it out. Wow. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Joe. Uh, Janet in South Carolina, you're on the blaze. Hi there, Pat. Thank Hi. you so much uh, for mm-hmm. taking my call. Love the new show. Thank you. Um, I got a kind of shout out to you and the blaze and going back. You guys keep me saying I work at the postal service. <laughs> <laughs> and I listen to you with an earbud in all morning and then out on the route as well. So thank you for keeping me sane. Um, my comment today is, you guys mentioned Tim Tebow earlier. We're lucky enough, uh, we live in South Carolina, and he plays for the Columbia Fireflies um, up in Columbia, and we got to see him opening weekend. And I will support anybody who is an upstanding citizen, you know, former NFL football player or not. He's an outstanding citizen. Mm-hmm. Who would not want that guy on your mm-hmm. team helping young men trying to get to their goals? Um, I absolutely support the guy. I hope he does well in whatever he Me too. chooses to go after. Me too. I really like him. He's a good man. Uh, I've never seen anything anything bad from him or about him. Um, appreciate the call, Janet. Just really good, glowing reviews from virtually everybody who's ever encountered him. Uh, did you see? In fact, a couple of weeks ago, there was, there was uh, a cell phone video that was taken by somebody in the audience whose son went up to the fence while he was waiting on the in-deck circle. And he was swinging the bat, you know, getting ready for his at-bat. And this kid came up and and asked him for a picture. He put down his bat, went over to the kid, while the game is going on, did the picture with the kid. (laughs) So cool. Shook his hand through the fence, you know, said cool things to him, and then went up and hit a home run. Uh, Wow. I mean... The the guy just who does that? The legend grows. Yeah, I mean, who does that? You're you're in the middle of a game. Some kids bugging you or yelling at you. Nobody goes over to him. Well, he did. He did. Uh, John in California. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hey, how's it going? Doing good. I love the show. Thank you, you guys make me laugh, man. You guys make my day. Thanks a lot. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah, and I sh- we shouldn't even call it California anymore. It should be California. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, my, I just got two quick questions for you and let you do your thing. You guys crack me up. But uh, okay. earlier in the week, you were talking about the pie chart and the pieces of pies and all that. Yeah. Uh, my thing is it just seems like they don't want just a piece of the pie. They want the whole pie. Right. You know? Right. And um, it's like <laughs> in the working hard people, we just get the crumbs. Yes. You know? And uh, and the other thing is I don't quite understand on the LGBT. Q, T, A, B, Z, X, Y, Z, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. Uh, I thought gay and queer were the same thing, or am I not interpreting it, or am I misunderstanding <laughs> it or something, you know? <laughs> uh, I thought that, too. Yeah, I'm stumped uh, now as well. Yeah, and it, also, <laughs> the other thing about queer is that was supposed to be an insult to a gay person, right? Right. And you weren't supposed right. to use that word. Yeah. You, call, right. you called him queer. That was like a a horrible insult it's really weird i don't get it now it's okay for them but no one else and it's i don't know i get puzzled by it <laughs> yeah it is puzzling hey, love the show thank you appreciate the call i uh, don't forget the i intersex don't forget the a 
asexual. Asexual. There's going to be a quiz tomorrow. You act like I'm just going to let right. this go. You're going to have to have <laughs> it memorized. And then whenever that memo goes out that those aren't allowed anymore, you're going to have to know that as well. Okay. Okay. Right. Good. So, so far we have L. Uh-huh. Lesbian. Got it. G, gay. Yep. B, bi. Mm-hmm. T, trans. Yes. Q, queer. Yes. And I guess we're finding out that gay and queer are different. Yeah, I, I don't... And queer is no longer an insult. That's extra credit for... Extra credit. The, the okay, two out we'll do a book and, report on that part okay. later on. Eyes... We'll leave that for now. The eye is inter- yep. intersex. Yes, sir. Which means that you're multiple... Yeah, you're something. You're... I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's, like, it's like miscellaneous. It should multiple say parts. LGBTQMA. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the A is... Asexual, you have no sex, or you don't have you're sexual not attracted relations. To you're not attracted sex. to either. You just don't have sex mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, uh, ever. I guess mm-hmm. so. Okay, so, so LGBTQIA, LGBTEIEIO. Hey, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. When does an acronym like when when do you run out of space? Because seven, we're getting to that point. We're at seven characters now. Come on, <laughs> stupid. It's unbelievable, is what it is unbelievable and yet somehow it just gets weirder all the time uh all right well we'll be back again tomorrow for show number seven here on the blaze it's pat gray unleashed pat gray unleashed on the blaze radio network